gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Saturday night. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Signorama Studios. They're the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and they're ours as well. Signorama.com. Matt Vaughn's team is excellent. That is why the Gamecocks choose them every single year. We choose to drink chicken cock whiskey around here, even outside of football season. Hope you've got a bottle. It's Thanksgiving and rivalry week. Good time to have that in the liquor cabinet. Of course, we're built by the Barn Dominium Co., the Barn Do Co., the BarnDominiumCo.com, where you can build your dream home in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee, for as low as $160 per square foot. Four screens already, JC, JB, and Phil, and hell yeah, McGranahan, a couple of days here shy of Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving week to all of you, and we certainly appreciate you spending your morning and afternoon with us. Hale, what's up? Glad to have you, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on as usual here on on a Tuesday morning, a rainy Tuesday morning in Columbia. 
I know. It's raining down here, too. kind of sucks. But get it out of here before the weekend gets here so we don't have to deal with it on Saturday. It doesn't look like we will, but it will be chilly, I believe, on uh, Saturday evening. So, all right, let's just, uh, you know, we'll get right to the, the news of the of the evening slash day. Hale, what's the latest on Juice Wells? Yeah, he formally said he's coming back. Put all the speculation to bed. Uh, I'll say there, there wasn't a lot of speculating going on amongst us at the Big Spur. Like, I'd been hearing good things about – about him coming back. And, and I think JC and Woodall and Tony had all been hearing that it was very much in play that, that he could indeed be back for 2024. And, and uh, he, he put all that to bed last night with a, a tweet or a post on X, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, he said he's coming back. So it's early, early good news for, for next year's team. And, and I guess folks are now dreaming of, Lenore Sellers and, and Juice Wells and what that might look like. So uh, a, a reason to, to feel good heading into next year already, regardless always, of what happens on Saturday. I always find the look-ahead drama funny. There's a Clemson-Carolina matchup coming this weekend, and we're talking about Lenore Sellers and Juice Wells versus Old Dominion on August 31st in 2024. You got to love <laughs> college football, Hale. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is big news. I agree. You know, that's there's been a lot of uh, speculation and um, – your y'all staff and 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 our there's a there's been enough information to where when he finally said that yesterday we we kind of just nodded our heads like okay well glad that's over um the the other side of it is it the the, the second guessing side of that tweet is that he did not specifically say i'm not playing in the clemson game is there anything more to read into or should we just wait two and a half hours to hear from shane beamer i'm gonna wait two and a half hours to hear from shane beamer that sounds good. Yeah. And we'll just uh, end that conversation there. Okay. Um, before we get into the actual game stuff, I know you and JC, this is a, this is, <laughs> let's see, it's the 21st. Uh, so we're talking about, about two weeks here where things are going to get quite interesting. You got the portal set to open. You've got the early signing day coming up. The Gamecocks just had a lot of players in town. They've got more coming this weekend uh, to watch that team from the upstate play against uh, South Carolina. Uh, do you have a an opening recruiting report for us uh, off of any feedback off of the Kentucky game that you can dish out? Well, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Anybody who was there in person can certainly speak to that and probably could Tell on TV as well. Could definitely get to tell on TV as well. Uh, the, that's that's the thing that matters the most is, is a is an atmosphere that's that's lively and, and is exciting and, and all that. Uh, the team, of course, can't come out and crap the bed, which we have seen in the past over the years when it's a big game at Williams Bryce and uh, it, it lived up to the hype. Uh, it you know South Carolina didn't disappoint; they won the game, so it, it seems like. There's plenty of reason to feel good about who was there and, and, and all that. There, there was an interview that Cam Fountain did that made it seem a little bleak for, for South Carolina being able to flip him from Southern Cal, but but we've reported on the big spur, and Steve Wolf on from 24-7 has done the same to actually feel good about where South Carolina stands still, as uh, despite what, what's been said uh, by, by Fountain himself. Uh, Quasheet Scott was committed to Kentucky, was in for the game that – Visit went well, uh, and, and there have been a bunch of 2025s and, and some guys who are committed that, that 
that made it in and and yeah it's it's going to be an even bigger group of recruits uh, this weekend for the Clemson game and and if uh, that game lives up to the hype and South Carolina play well and have have a good atmosphere we know the atmosphere is going to be good but uh, if the team can play well and uh, maybe just maybe pull out a win uh, you, you would have to think that it would be another uh, feather in the, the recruiting cap for Shane Beamer and those guys. Yeah, I want to make sure – yeah, there you go, JC. I want to make sure I lump you into this because the Camp Fountain situation is interesting here. There's conflicting reports out there. You know, Phil Cornblue with uh, Sports Talk is part of our network. You can watch or listen to them on the Chief uh, Sports app. But he had that pretty direct comment. It was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm sticking to my – I'm a man of my word. I'm, I'm sticking out, sticking it out with Southern Cal. But from what I understand, there, there's a whole world of – of media guys from 24-7, the Big Spur, all of y'all, you know, and, and others out there that, that seem to contradict that. I want to make sure you, you two guys get, get all the say on this because I don't know what the hell's going on. This is, this is where it gets hard. I mean, it, 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 this is where recruiting coverage and, and things like that, you know, take weird turns. I, I – figured out a long time ago don't pay any attention to anything anybody tweets don't pay any attention to anything anybody puts on instagram don't pay any attention to anybody that gives direct quotes um and if you think about it south carolina had a receiver that publicly that gave the rare public leader the entire time and ended up at nc state this year they have a running back target that gave the rare public leader the entire process may end up at alabama uh, so the point is, don't take quotes too seriously. There's it, it, These kids are young. They're under a lot of pressure. They don't want to tell people no. They don't want to disappoint folks. Uh, and, and they don't really want to hear, after they've made a visit someplace else, when that visit's going well, they really don't want to hear from that other staff with a million questions as to why they said this to the reporter or whatever. Um and, and, and they're too young to kind of realize that when you make statements like, I'm a man of my word, you know, that that's not supposed to just sound good. That's supposed to be legit. Uh, but when you're young, you know, it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to question anybody's character and stuff like that. Because when we were that age, we'd have done the same daggum thing, you know. <laughs> uh, and we live in a, in a buzzword, buzz phrase type society where I think people repeat phrases sometimes. They don't really, really understand what it means. Um, so I, 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 that's my take on that. Uh, I understand why he said what he said, uh, but we have our information too. And, and, and it would be a very, it would be a surprise if that were the case. Now, will he ultimately end up at South Carolina? I think there's a good shot. But it's not done yet, and I do think that uh, uh, you know he's still committed publicly to Southern Cal. So I mean, you know, the, the hay is not in the barn. But uh, you know that kind of statement tends to just close the door and you move on. But nobody's moving on behind the scenes. So that's that's my take on that. Hale, what what what's your take? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we can point to DJ Braswell, for example, who put out a top four. It didn't include South Carolina yeah. uh, a couple weeks before he was supposed to commit and ended up committing to South Carolina. So it, it's recruiting. Always, that's that's something to keep in mind here. Sometimes uh, intentionally guys are deceptive. Sometimes they don't even mean to be deceptive, and they are. They just, you know, like JC was kind of saying, um, young minds and that type of deal. So 
we're we're still hearing good things, so we'll we'll see uh, what what plays out over the next few weeks as we get closer to that early signing period. But, but yeah, all, all indications are that the South Carolina is still very much in play for Cam Fountain. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you this too. You got the chance to talk to Dylan Stewart after the game uh, Saturday, didn't you? Was that you? No, no, was that Alex. No, 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 no. He 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 wasn't at the game. He was he had his own game Saturday. Brian Doan. Oh, okay. I didn't read the byline, but anyway, yeah. he uh he pretty much firmed everything. I mean, there was really no speculation that he was going to flip, uh, but he pretty much firmed everything up, right? Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, the last Saturday, the Kentucky game was the first home game. He's he has not been to this season. And I believe he's got another game on Saturday this weekend. So I don't believe he'll be at the Clemson game either. But like like you were saying, JC, he he was talking about how we're going to be good and, and all that. So he's he's locked in and and and, and all that. There's there's not going to be any any wiggle there with with uh, Dylan Stewart. You mentioned him not being there. Is there a list of players uh, that is currently available that will be there this weekend? Uh, I've I haven't published anything this week. I have uh, it might have been last week's VIP room. I, I put a list out, but I'll be I'll be posting something on on the Big Spur uh, at some point, probably today. Kind of a preliminary list list of names, if you will. Okay, all right. Uh, specifically to the football game this past weekend, how about that Gamecock defense, Hale? They look good. I mean, Devin Leary missed some throws and. Yeah. I haven't gone back and counted up some of those deep throws that he missed or, or when exactly they were, but I do recall there being like two or three on a drive that, that they still got a touchdown on. Uh, and, and there was at least one later on in the game, but they, they kind of got away from, from trying to push the ball downfield like they did. And uh, I, I thought they were going to keep going to that because clearly South Carolina has, has struggled defending the the deep ball at times this season. Um, but I, maybe – they got to Leary a little, little too much. They knocked him around a couple good times. I mean that that hit Debo Williams put on him when he was scrambling. I, I probably should have made more of an emphasis on that and some of the stuff I wrote after the game on Saturday. But uh, you know, Devin, Devin Leary didn't want anything to do with stepping up into that pocket and making throws. And and you know, we've talked all season about how a lack of a pass rush has has affected this the South Carolina team at times, but. Again, we, we saw at the end of the game, Jordan Strong getting to the quarterback and, and making a play and, and how it just important that is, how much it can change a game when, when you can have defensive linemen who can affect the quarterback. And you saw, We saw what Kentucky's Deion Walker did, big number zero, and he was all in the backfield, the Carolina backfield. So anytime you can have guys in that front four uh, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, that's going to change things and, and uh, you know, People might look at some of the offensive results from from Carolina on Saturday and uh, be concerned, especially with with what Clemson's got on their defensive line. But and that that Walker guy totally wrecked that game for about two quarters, two and a half quarters on Saturday night, uh, and, and just really made life difficult offensively. But the defense, going back to your question, JB, that those guys they're getting better, man. That there's there's no denying that their guys are making plays finally. Uh, whether it's strong, like I said, or Nicky Mowry with that interception, you know we've talked a lot about Jalen Kilgore over the last few months, and he made some plays as well. So 
um, never too late to have some guys start stepping up. Uh, yeah. Here this season. Yeah. Now nine turnovers, guys, in the month of November in these last three games at home. That's how they win. Uh, it looks like that three three fives allowed them to get some additional hands on the ball too, because there's been a lot of tip passes over the last couple of weeks around there. I want to go to that play that you talked about just a minute ago. I rewatched everything last night. I, I it was not targeting. It was called unnecessary roughness. They threw a 15 yard flag on Debo Williams. I'd be anxious to hear if somebody does get a chance to ask Shane today. How are you supposed to coach that any differently? Because Debo Williams was going to make a tackle before. I mean, it was split second. But it was before this guy committed to Devin Leary committed to going to the ground. I I just don't know, and I, and we've seen this a lot. And let's get away from the South Carolina game. Let's just talk about college football. I've seen that that flag thrown four or five times this year on guys who don't quite commit to going down yet, and a player comes in and puts a big bang on him, and uh, because he went ahead and committed to going down, they throw a fifteen yard penalty. I mean, I'm not sure what are you supposed to do. Just just run over to him and hope that he falls to the ground. I mean, what's what? Is, yeah. what, is, what does college football want out of this? I I don't understand what they want to do with it. Yeah, I, I think Debo got penalized for playing football on Saturday night. That that was not a penalty to me. And JB, it, Kenny Pickett kind of found a little cheat code a couple of years ago in the AC. I think it was Kenny Pickett in the ACC championship where he's running up a sideline and, and he he fakes like he's going to slide, like like sells it really well and sees the defender kind of slow up, then he he takes off and, and keeps booking it up the sideline and I think scored a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it is really hard to play defense, especially in the NFL these days, but in college football as well. And and I and, and we, everyone should probably be cognizant of that when, when we're, you know, talking about South Carolina's defense, for example, and, and some of the issues they've had in tackling. Like, it, it is very hard to, to play defense effectively not only because referees call it differently in games, but it's, you know, you can't practice like they used to back in the day. I know it sounds really like old man yelling at clouds saying that, but it's just, it's not like it used to be. And, and everyone's making this game cater towards offense. And it's more, you know, appealing to, to people watching on TV for sure. But it is, it is very hard to play defense. And, and that, that, that tackle we're talking about that hit Debo had, uh, is just one of several examples you can point to. Yeah. I th- JC, we didn't talk about this yesterday, Phil. I mean, I, I don't know I don't know how you coach that any differently. I mean, I he, it's not like he just went in there head first and took a, you know, took a, a, a you know, a, I mean, a a 15 or got got kicked out of the game for targeting. He 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 was just trying to make a tackle. Uh I I will say this though. As soon as that happened and those Kentucky guys got mouthy with him, boy, that flipped a switch in Jordan Strong. You know, and that's what – Jordan Strong basically got in the guy's face like, no, nah, you're not going to do that here, big boy. And and so that was really neat to see, but it's pathetic. It's it's really pathetic that that's where we are in college football. They've got to figure out a way to fix that. It's in the it NFL. Should be, that should be reviewable. It's in the NFL, too. They called it unnecessary roughness on either a guard or a fullback on a touchdown run in the NFL the other day. There was no planet. I mean, the guy, he was just blocking hard, which is what you're supposed to do. I mean, everybody talks about injuries. You're going to get hurt if you play tentative in this game, in this sport. That's when guys get hurt. Yeah. Not when they're going all out. And, and Debo, I mean, if it's not targeting, how, how in the world 
Is it unnecessary roughness? I mean, what are you? What are you even talking about? Did he tackle him too hard? Oh no! Is that a rule now? I thought that's why we had targeting. Right. You know. I mean, it's stupid. I mean, I, I, it makes me sick. I think, I think whichever referee threw the flag probably threw the flag thinking targeting, and I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating here. I would guess after he threw the flag and, and spoke about it with some of the other refs. They're like that wasn't targeting. Well, we got to call something. We threw the flag. He knocked the shit out of him. Like let's let's call it unnecessary roughness. Even though the guy wasn't even on the ground. And I know he's. I know like to give you give yourself up, but like Debo's already making the tackle, going to make the tackle before that. It's asinine. It's yeah. asinine. They need to be able to review plays like that. That that's it's yeah, it's I mean, insane. If it's not targeting, no reason. It shouldn't be fifteen yards. Period. Yeah. yeah. Hundred percent agree with that. There's no reason. There is not a. There's not a reason in the world that they cannot figure out how to put that into the rule book that says that can be reviewed. Period. Uh, because there's no. There's just no reason for that. There's too much of a gray area. It is. Hey, look. I'm not saying that these officials are perfect or that they have to be perfect. That, that's never going to happen. It's never happened before. And it's never going to happen. It's just is what it is. Okay. I can't say that I wouldn't have thrown the flag there too. It's what your eyes see. You've got dudes running all over the place. They're flying around. It's it's quick. It's happening lightning quick, you know? So I, I might have thrown a flag there as well. But there's no reason that they can't go back and look at that and say, no, no, no. This kid hadn't even given himself up yet, you know? So, anyways, all right, we'll, we'll move off of that. Hale, they're going to have to be able to run the football to beat Clemson, though. They, they couldn't do it this past weekend. The defense won the game for them, and I'm pretty convinced that that's not going to happen this go-around. They're going to have to find a way to run it better. I don't know. They didn't. Have, they didn't really run the ball last year against Clemson and found a way to win. So. Oh, oh okay. Well, then yeah. never mind. <laughs> no, you're. I, you're right, though, JB. They, they're going to have to be. They're going to have to find much more consistency than than they had uh, last week against Kentucky, you, you, because Clemson's defensive line is is they don't have just one Deion Walker. I, I don't know if anybody's as good that they've got, but they've got a bunch of a bunch of talented guys up front, and and uh, if you've got uh, four guys and, and and a couple more coming in behind them in a wave or two. That uh, it, it's probably going to be challenging if you're Spencer Rattler to to be able to drop back and and find Xavier Leggett running a, a dig route or dragging across the middle of the field and and all that. So yeah, I I, I agree. They're they're going to have to be able to run the ball better against Clemson than they did last Saturday for sure. Yeah, I don't think that it's a yardage marker, though, right? I mean, do y'all? Like, I don't think that they have to – I think I think Clemson gives up 121 yards per game, uh, which is which is really, you know, pretty pretty darn good, right? But I, yeah. I, I don't think that it's like, well, they, they need to run for 100. I just think they need to be able to run when they need to run. Like, if it's third and one or it's fourth and one on Clemson's 40-yard line and you're in that trap zone, <sighs> like, you've got to be able to get a yard or two to be able to move, you know, move the football and at least be able to do some things off of that. That's that's how I consider this running game being successful, not necessarily a yardage marker, or being able to get, you know, at least positive yards on early downs. So that way you're looking at third and five or third and six as opposed to third and ten or third and eleven. Because yeah, don't don't get behind the sticks in the run game. No, yeah, that's, you uh, that's, that's put yourself in obvious positions, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, Good news is, I mean, Amari and Hampton sort of went off last week against Clemson. Uh, John, did you guys notice that in that game? 
Uh, he fumbled inside the one, but yeah. I mean, he he had a he had a big couple of big long runs, and uh, th- they did not necessarily bottle him up. And so, and he's a great back. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Mario Anderson needs to run like like he always does, like his life depends on it, and break some tackles and churn out that tough yard. I feel bad for him because he hasn't had. He hadn't had a lot of room the last couple of weeks, and I don't know based on what Beamer said if he's a hundred percent right now. Uh, he's probably he banged up like everybody else, but uh, is this time of year? But uh, it'll be important uh, to get uh, to get the run game going somehow, uh, you know, in this football game. Yeah, the uh, the Lenore Sellers package we saw last week. I'll be interested to see how that continues to to play a part in in this game plan or how that'll play a part in this game plan. Cause uh, aside from that one, one play by the goal line where they got penalized, they, you know, they were able to get, get some positive yards. They, they were able to do a little bit. So um, you probably yeah. feel better about calling that on third and two than you would third and eight. Right? Yeah. It, it got a little cattywampus when he went in the other day, but and I like that word cattywampus. That's but, a good uh, word. He was effective. I mean, it's just two carries, nine yards. I mean, that's a, that's a guy that, you know, like Shane said, that package, you you probably do need that package some, you know. Well, and he's he's so, a guy, too, that if he breaks a couple tackles, uh, the band's playing. So Let me ask you all this, though. We, okay, so Spencer is uh, departing for the NFL. Um, I believe he's accepted his senior bowl invite to you know, play in the Reese's game down there in Mobile. Uh, if Lenores plays this week and for some reason Spencer doesn't play in the bowl game, Who's the quarterback? Because that would – I mean, he could play, but it would burn a red shirt. Mm-mm. You get a waiver now for bowls. No, you don't. That was a one-year waiver. I was looking at this the other day. Last year, they have not They have not issued a waiver moving forward. It was just a one-year waiver. I have a feeling that, that here in about a week or two, once the portal opens back up and some bowl teams are, are trying to piece together two, two deep depth charts – that uh, some folks are going to be asking for waivers. I, I mean, I, I think it should be a permanent thing because of the portal. I mean, if the portal's around, that should yeah. be around too because guys, I mean, guys are going to be leaving their teams. Yeah, what what it what it last year though? The one year was last year, yeah. right? It was, it was last year. year. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So they they're, they're going to same issue this year. So yeah, it's uh maybe they'll get the it. Issue. Yeah. Even if they don't. I'm still starting in Lenore Sellers in the bowl game, getting a start on next year, man. I just, uh, I'm still going to do it. I know, yeah, now look, depending on who you play, I mean, like Luke, Luke Doty, you could, you could compete with Luke Doty. I, I don't know that Spencer's going to necessarily skip the bowl, though. I mean, I, I don't, I think it's on the table that he, he still plays. I, I think I, you could do, I se- think he will play. I think you can do senior bowl at a bowl game, depending on when the bowl is. So I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you bowl is not till February. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm sure you could do both. So, but yeah, when uh, they put sellers in this week, I was like, "Oh, this must mean Doty." I mean, not Doty, but Spencer's playing in the bowl game. I, I, and, I, boy, I we're all in for next playing. week because it, sellers is not going to play this week and not next week. That was my other thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My understanding is the ball eats his arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if they get up to the Liberty Bowl or. Or, or the Music City Bowl, or, or whatever they did. Nice to be a tough challenge, whoever they get up there. Um, yeah, I that would uh, that would create an interesting scenario. All right, um, Hale, 
The Clemson defense, as we well know, is that front seven is pretty, pretty good. Uh, anything that has been employed the last couple of weeks or deployed on the offensive side of the football, you know, that we've seen some different formations. Um, this past week we saw some scenarios where you, you saw Xavier Leggett in there uh, taking a couple of carries, very similar to what Jaheim Bell did last season for, for Carolina. Uh, Trey Knox looked look good. It was good to see him in there and healthy this week and, and playing well. But we've seen a couple of different things that Dowell has kind of rolled out from an offensive standpoint the last couple of weeks. How What would you make of that with the Tigers coming in the defensive challenge uh, that we know that they'll bring with them? I would have to imagine that, that South Carolina's offense is going to pull out all the stops, if you will. Um, it, it's one of those matchups where you know that it's going to be tough to to get whatever you want. Like you're, you're going to have to probably um, run a few trick plays. You're going to have to try to use some things that that you haven't gone to before and, and they haven't had a chance to prepare for. So uh, I, I do think there will be plenty – like there, there's pro- probably some bread and butter type of stuff that, that they know they're going to want to go to, uh, whether it's Leggett. Or, or whoever else. I mean, we've seen some of the two tight end stuff be effective. With you know, Nick Harbors had a place within within this offense. Like I, I think we'll see some of those those main players like doing things that that we've seen them do all season. Amari and Brown being involved, but but I would venture a guess that that there's going to be some sort of a curveball or two mixed in along the way, and uh, whether or not they work, uh, that's. Maybe it's a difference in the game. I mean, the the T formation play with Juju last year is is a great example. If, if they don't hit that play, which is what a fourth down, and they're South Carolina is in their own territory. If they don't hit that play, it's an incompletion. Probably lose that game. And now I don't know that that they necessarily need to to be that ballsy with some of the the stuff uh, I'm kind of referring to. But uh, you got to be willing to to empty the clip uh, in a game where, where your offense is is facing a, a tough defense like Clemson's. I mean, going back to what we were talking about with the run game, they're, they're going to have to continue to be creative that way and, and uh, try to try to keep that, that group off balance and, and guessing and, and uh, seeing some things that maybe they hadn't seen before. I think there's 21, Seniors that will walk tomorrow night. Uh, that list does include guys like Mario Anderson, although we know he has an extra year of eligibility, and it's TBD uh, as to whether he will return or not. But th- this group here, Hale, uh, if they, even if they for some reason fall short on Saturday night, uh, how will we look back? You know, Xavier Leggett, Spencer Rattler. Uh, I mean, there's there there to carry on Joiner. I mean, my gosh, like there there are so many guys who I feel like are blue collar dudes in that locker room that have just worked really hard and committed themselves to Gamecock football under Coach Beamer to get things going back in in the right direction. Again, we might see some of these guys still next year, but they will at least get recognized in case they do not return uh, to Columbia, South Carolina, um, and and a lot of those guys like Xavier Leggett. Not a really highly recruited kid out of Mullins. He's one of the best, if not the best, receiver in in the country. 
Mario Anderson goes to Newberry, comes to South Carolina. I mean, there's there are these stories. To carry on, Joiner could have easily left and gone somewhere else for greener pastures to do whatever he wanted to do, and here he is. Uh, so a lot of amazing stories. How, how will we, in time, in your mind, as it stands today, view this group and what they've meant to this program? We're a guy like Marcellus Dial who committed to the old staff as, as a junior college cornerback and didn't even get to play his sophomore season at Georgia Military because of COVID and Great point. Uh, stayed committed to the new staff and signed and and has become a starter over the last year and a half and been a really good player. Um, and, and there there are others. I mean, it's, it's a very non-traditional um, time right now in college football, like, there are guys like Jordan Strawn who who have been here for three years since the start of this coaching tenure or co- the, the Shane Beamer era. Um, he'll he'll be a, he's a senior. He's done after this year. And this uh, there, there are obviously quite a few others, but I, I don't know if I could sit here and say how how they should be remembered or how they will be remembered because um, I, that's more for the fans, I guess. But uh, you know, when when I look at some of these individuals, like. Like those two I just named, and and Leggett and Joiner, like you said, JB, and and, and I just kind of think of some of the 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 little little things that I remember from over the years, like Leggett when he came in and or he was getting recruited, and and that that former staff uh, offered him as as a gray shirt, like he wasn't even supposed to to sign in that 2019 class or whatever it was, um, then. The, that Friday of the the early signing period, um, his, his national letter of intent was signed and sent in, and it was kind of unexpected because he was supposed to gray shirt, and then they decided to to go ahead and sign him, and they bring him in with with a couple of other higher rated recruits and Kevion Mullins, and I, I can't I can't even remember who who else it was, but uh, you know he all of a sudden towards the end of the season, Legat's the one who's playing. And uh, he fights through all the the issues he had over the year with with actually catching the football, and now he's having this incredible season. Um, then Joiner with with all that he's done, and you know he was one of the best high he's one is one of the best high school football players in the state of South Carolina in the history of the state of South Carolina. Ever, yeah. Look at the numbers. Took his team to a state championship as a sophomore, uh, and and he's been an ambassador for for the university ever since he's been here and, and done all <laughs> played all kinds of positions and done all sorts of stuff. And really I, I'm, you know, I hate to say I'm pulling for him to, to be able to play on Saturday, but it would be really cool for him to be able to, to go out there one more time and uh, step on that field at Williams Bryce. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's really, a, it's a list of guys who I, I think that, um, you know, you, you <laughs> They've developed. They've they've like Spencer Rattler taking a risk and coming to South Carolina, uh, and yeah, you just you you brought up Marcellus style. It's it's a blue collar list of kids. There's no doubt about that, and they all have just a really unique path to getting here. I this this is uh, if you're going to be there Saturday night. We mentioned it yesterday. We'll mention it every day till we get to the game. Please go in as soon as you can and don't miss this because these guys deserve as loud of an ovation as they could possibly imagine. All right, we'll let you run, Hale. Final quick keys to the game. Uh, looking at this matchup this weekend, anything just at the top of your mind that you're anxious to see how well the Gamecocks perform in that section on Saturday? Uh, the defense has to keep playing well. 
you know, it kind of started at AM when they rolled out that 335 and we saw some flashes of good things and, and it felt like we, we weren't going to ever see that from, from this defense in 2023. Uh, the Jacksonville state game was obviously concerning with, with what they were giving up on the ground, but they finally broke the seal and got some turnovers and, you know, it was just Vanderbilt a week later, but they, they really flexed on those guys and kept getting turnovers and, and carried it over to last weekend against Kentucky and, and, you know, I, like I said at the beginning of the month, this thing was going to build and progressively get harder uh, as, as the month played out. And, and Clemson's offense, while it's had its issues, that they can still run the football very well. And so that's where it's going to start, being able to limit Will Shipley and Phil Moffa as, as best they can. Cade Klubnick can, can run too. He's very capable that way. So if they can – somehow figure out a way to to limit those guys as best they can, not give up a bunch of big plays. Um, I, I'd, I'd like South Carolina's chances to win the game. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to run the ball better offensively and and give Spencer Rattler some time to, to do his thing as well. So um, it's cliche and probably can say it every week, but it's going to start up front on, on both sides of the ball. Tigers are seven-point favorites over the Gamecocks. Kickoff, 7.30, Saturday night on the SEC Network. Hale, uh, thanks for all you do. We're very thankful for you, and we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving ahead of covering this weekend's ball game. Boys, I always enjoy enjoy our time here on Tuesdays, and, and everyone who tunes in live and listens later on on the podcast, however they digest their podcast, thank you all as well. Always appreciate the, the feedback uh, from everyone who, who tunes in. Yeah, everyone hey. on Favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh, uh, so my mom makes this like cornbread dressing type of deal. It's it's not Ooh. stuffing. It's it's she fixes it in a pan and bakes it, um, and it's it's phenomenal. That's that is my favorite Thanksgiving side. And you're oh, I like her style. Mom, That's how we do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Mom's yeah. making that this year. Is it is Thanksgiving at your house or mom's house? Uh, my, my wife and I are going to my, my parents' house tomorrow. I'm going to celebrate with them and one of my aunts. Then Thursday, we're going to come back to Columbia and, and hang out with, with her, a lot of folks from her family here in town. So we're doing two things. That's fantastic. Well, happy Thanksgiving, man. We really appreciate you. Same to y'all. Be good. There you go. Hale McGranahan. Thanks, Hale. Bigspur.com. All right, we are like way past due for a break. So we'll slide into that. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Make sure you get it because tomorrow's the last day to do it or else you can't get it on Thursday. You know, it's Thanksgiving. It goes great with turkey, I might add. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. 
clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder, thunder. dog 80,000 people sure would like to see a few of those plays from one of the greatest receivers to ever do it here at South Carolina Xavier Leggett has just had an amazing amazing year guys I I hope and pray that Saturday night is more of the same times a million for Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett it's their night you know it's their night and I, I sure hope that uh, that those guys go out there and connect a lot and often and makes it a special, special evening in the Midlands for a lot of a lot of Gamecock fans. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting. This team, you know, two and six coming out of a miserable October. But it, it seems like the fan base really connects with these guys for whatever reason, you know, there's some teams you feel a bit more detached from, but this team has just kind of captured the, I, I, I don't know the, the, not just hearts and minds. That's so cliche, but like really just the, 
the entire spirit of the fan base. Like we've we've been on a roller coaster with this team, and and I think it's it's brought us all kind of a little closer to them, if you will. I that's a really interesting comment. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, well, look, I'll tell you, I, I I think I know why. I keep saying this this term um, blue collar, and that's a lot of how Shane is, you know, how he's kind of built this. And JC, you would know better than I do. Uh, I'd certainly know, you know, enough of those guys in there to be qualified to say this. Um, But, but, you know, it's, it is a blue collar staff and every team's going to have like a handful of dudes that you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't really associate myself with that guy, except for he wears our, our school colors. But, um, but this team's got, I, I would say, about 99.5% of kids that you'd want to hire when you, you know, if you if you had to fill a job. We, we've gotten to meet a lot of them. And, and I think that that's what, to your point, Phil, you're talking about Xavier and talking about Spencer. Those guys, like, you feel like they're kind of us. Now, I, I have no, no doubts that their NIL deals are more than mine. <laughs> So we don't, we're not equals there, but I mean, like, um, when it comes to just feeling like you've got a connection with somebody who understands why, why I'm in the stands to watch you play and they get that, you know, Xavier Leggett, his story is, is from, you know, being from Mullins, you know, didn't, didn't really come from anything, right. Didn't come from anything. And, and look at what he's turned into and last year, guys, what do you have? 178 yards receiving last year. And then, and then all of a sudden, he's he's maybe the best wide receiver in college football. Uh, Spencer Rattler was a dude that all we knew about him was what we had seen on TV and what we had heard through the media, and it portrayed him very negatively. But we knew he could play. And then when he came to South Carolina, we all discovered pretty quickly, boy, there's a lot more to this kid than just being able to throw the rock 60, 70 yards down the field. Pretty darn accurately, by the way. Um, you watch him on the sidelines, and he's – he is the ultimate team builder as a quarterback over there. He takes all the blame. He's on the defense. He's in the defensive meetings. He's in the offensive meetings. He's doing everything that he possibly can. And we see that because if J.C. Sherbert was the quarterback in South Carolina, you you feel like you'd be doing that. I'd be doing that. Phil, you'd be doing that. All these people in this chat. So there's something to relate to there. Like they care like we care. And and I think that's where a lot of that comes from And and – it's been really, really unbelievable to, to watch. Yeah, this is um, – Spencer Rattler has, has had a tremendous season, all things considered. And, you know, I, I read some comment earlier in the chat box that, you know, move on to Lenore Sellers because Sellers doesn't lock on to his receiver. Uh, I think it was Saturday Night Lights that said this. <laughs> I'm like, what – I don't know what quarter – I don't know where, where you went to quarterback school. <laughs> Or what quarterback you're watching? Right. Uh, if Spencer was locking on to his receivers right now, he'd probably have about uh, 17 interceptions this year. Last time I checked, he had seven, and most of those are balls that slip out of his hand, uh, and or sometimes. And so, so let's not. Lenoris is good at going through his progressions. Don't get me wrong, but good God, I mean, what what are you watching if you think Spencer stares his receivers down? Please. You know, I saw another tweet today. I probably should not even read into this where, you know, Shane Beamer's just nothing but mediocre and blah, 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 blah. We, we have to understand this. 
this is a tough season, challenging season for any head coach because of things that are out of his control. I mean, um, namely the, 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 the injuries and, and the way the schedule set up, you know, uh, the, they weren't going to sit there and move the North Carolina game or cancel the North Carolina game. Uh, nobody knew Missouri was going to be a top 10 team. Nobody knew there were going to be 12 injuries on the offensive line in a year where they could not have any. Let me just stress that. Heading into this season, we you know, people always get on us about what, what we're talking about. Oh, you guys just mislead us in the preseason. But one thing we did hammer home in the preseason all summer, they cannot have injuries on the offensive line. And from the first play of the North Carolina game on, it's a mash unit. And they get something solved, like in Florida, oh, boom, Vershawn Lee goes down. None of those guys are even really playing at 100% right now. Okay, let's be clear about that, too. So that's a, I, don't, I don't know how that relates to a coach embracing our fan base, embracing mediocrity. To me, the majority of the fan base is, is realistic and understands. I mean, why would you? Why else would you have that atmosphere? I mean, no, nobody showed up because Darude was playing, dudes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> nobody came because of Darude. They came because it was a night game. It was a big game. It was Kentucky. It was Carolina. Darude was a bonus for sure. Yeah, but that atmosphere, with or without Darude, that could be a, a, like a YouTube parody. With or without Darude, with or without Darude. But I mean, that's a good. Anyway, point. no. Like, but yeah, look, do it, but yeah, the the freaking fans, the majority of the fan base gets it, uh, and, and I get it too. I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, and here's another thing: why I think I think people really like this team is number one, they never quit, and I've seen Carolina teams quit. Number two, uh, a lot of the quote-unquote heroes outside of Spencer Rattler, who obviously is from Metropolitan Phoenix, uh, are from small towns in South Carolina that weren't very highly recruited. Look on the offense. You you got Josh – I mean, I I know Trey Knox has made his share of plays, but Josh Simon's made these inspirational plays where he breaks tackles and keeps going and it's tough and all that. That kid, went. he had no offers but Western Kentucky coming out of school in in, in Sumter. Uh, Crestwood, and, and now he's back. Mario Anderson, I don't need to say anything else about him. Xavier Leggett from Mullins, I don't say anything else about him. You know, Omega Blake from Rock Hill has made some plays. Uh, you know, you've got a good core of in-state guys, the safeties, Nick and um, Nick and DQ back there. Um, you know, you've got Mar- Mar- some guys. Mar- Marcellus and OD. Marcellus and OD, uh, the defense, Taka Hemingway. His mate, talking anyway, the last month of the season, he sort of disappeared for the season as far as like, uh, but he, now he's making his Tonka plays. He's getting in, tipping passes, TJ catching Sanders. interceptions, TJ Sanders, Marion, Marion, you know, and, 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 and that's why this program is always going to be built on in-state talent. And it's been proven through the years. There are damn good players in this state, regardless of what kind of star rating they have. Okay. They are damn good players in Carolina. If you want to know what they kind of have been missing the last few years, there was a period there where they didn't – there were some that they didn't get. Egram Dawkins, Boone, the linebacker at Hilton Head, though I don't even ever want to count that guy's kids as in-state at all. Uh, the went to Notre Dame. I mean, you know, there, there are players from this state, you know, that, 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 uh, that went elsewhere, you know. But I think that 
that still means something at the University of South Carolina, and I, I think it always will. I don't think you're ever going to see, no matter how good this program gets, you know, South Carolina stop recruiting the state. And even guys that are like three-star guys, you know. I mean, look at Judge Collier on the field the other night as a true freshman. There's a there's your next Rock Hill defensive back. Hey, big surprise, right? Yeah. No, so I, I, th- I, think, I think all those things factor in. Well, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I mean, for, first of all, to your point just a minute ago, it, you can't ever, never, you can never stop recruiting the state of South Carolina because if you do, you, you lose. Like this program cannot win without signing the best players uh, to come out of the Palmetto State. It just can't. It's been proven over the years. And and so, and with the, at least with this staff in place, they will not stop doing that because they understand what it means. All you got to do is go look at the recruiting boards and, and figure that out pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I, I also think too, like there's, you know, this, this, this fan base, Phil, that was a, it was a really a great, excellent point that you, that you made about how people connect. Like this, everybody wants more than six and six or five and seven or eight and five or seven and six or whatever. You know, Coach Spurrier came along and and really created something that didn't exist around here, which were expectations. And um, and you could even honestly make the argument that those were th- those are unrealistic expectations um, to go win eleven games every single year. Now I hope I'm proven wrong, but it it it's never happened before and it hasn't happened since. So it's hard to sit here. I mean, is it, is it X or the game cut men's basketball program? Is that supposed to be, are they supposed to be in the final four every year? You know, it is an, is the baseball team. Although some people insist on this, are they supposed to be in the college world series every year? That's impossible, you know? And so being an 11 win team every year, that expectation really should not exist. Now I hope that they I hope they get to a point where that expectation should exist. I do, but they're not there. And so this program always, you know, the fans, you know, are always looking for a reason to to hope and to believe and I think a lot of that does come to your point JC and to your point Phil uh from having these kids that we've watched play high school ball. They maybe grew up in our town or a town near us or whatever it is. So it's easy to pull for them. And um, and then, you know, let's just let's just say what it is. They're just good kids like they're just good kids. I mean, Xavier Leggett is just a good kid. Uh, Spencer Rattler is just a good kid. We have we have all this access now. Right. And you you get to see the lives of these kids like Back when I was growing up, JC, when you were growing up, Phil, when you were growing up, the only thing we got to see from the kids that ran into that ballpark or when they ran into that ballpark and <laughs> when they played and then when they ran back out, we didn't get to, you know, you'd see an interview here and there. You, you might read something in the newspaper and you might, you know, you might hear something on the radio, right? But were y'all on their Twitter accounts in 1995? <laughs> nope. Were you on their Facebook page? So, you know, we, we didn't get to see all that. We didn't know anything about them. They were just kids in uniforms. And and now we get to see all that. And this group is a good group. And, and we get to see who they really are. And, and I think there's a lot that 
that we all understand about them as people. So, you know, that, it, it also helps when you're just a really good freaking football player. It's easy to connect with a guy when he's out there catching 1,500 yards worth of passes every year and another guy who's throwing for 3,500 yards worth of passes. Pretty easy to fall in love with those type guys, too. Yeah, or anybody yeah. who's obviously out there busting their ass, you know? I mean, even in the darkest of times, that's, you know, because it's like, you know, like JC tells us, you know, what Derek Moore's philosophy is and that, you know, this game is a, is an allegory of life. I mean, you know, you're going to get pushed back. You got to keep moving. Like, you know, one of my favorite quotes is not how hard you can get hit. Or it's not, you know, how, you know, it's how, how many times you can come back from it. You know, it's like, it's, of course, my mind just blanked on the whole Rocky quote there. My wife would kill yeah, me. Yeah, that how hard you get hit? It's how hard you can get hit and get up and keep moving. Keep moving forward. <laughs> that's what winning is. That's how winning is done. That's what cowards do. That are you. Well, that's what it is. I think it's just it, it makes it relate. It, it makes the silly game that we watch and, and, you know, follow like ravenous beasts actually relatable to, you know, the struggles that we all have in our own lives. Yeah, look, and I, I, here's the thing. This started under Steve Spurrier because when Spurrier took over, I think we'd all agree there needed to be some house cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. I was asked today what my most disappointing Carolina Clemson game has been. It's the fight year because then what happened after that were guys just had such little respect for the uniform they put on. They went and stole laptop computers, and Spurrier had to kick a bunch of bunch of guys talent-wide. They were good, talented players. Had to kick them off, right? Uh and that's that was disgusting to me. And well, as time went on, he kind of cleaned it up, you know, and, and, and it almost ended up they had too many good people uh, by the end of his uh, tenure. And then Muschamp recruited good kids into this program. I, I think Will kind of felt like that was kind of going to be the secret. And, he, you know, you mentioned blue collar. That's what he said, his first press conference, blue collar overachieving outfit. So, uh, And Beamer's continued that. So we'll see. Uh, I agree with all that. Um, I do think that, you know, I, I do think this season has been a down season, but I also encourage everyone to understand the reality of it and, and, and to understand that there were just some things this year that were out of everybody's control. And you can't blame coaching and you can't blame the players. I know everybody wants somebody to blame. Hell, me too. But sometimes you just got to say it is what it is uh, and move forward, win or lose uh, this weekend. It is the end of the hour. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. They are fired up and ready to go for the Christmas season. So if you or someone you know in your family, maybe your children, maybe your spouse, maybe someone else that is looking for the one of the neatest things out there, these electric bikes, you don't have to have it in pedal assist mode. You can actually pedal if you want, or you can just ride around and drink chicken cock and let it go for you. Either way, it's the best of both worlds. You don't have to live in Charleston either. Electricbikescharleston.com. Michelle, if you're watching, we literally love you. Thank you for everything that you do for us and everybody else out there. And happy holidays. All right. Mike Morgan is in today because we're off Thursday. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336 259 Seven five five zero. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. 
rescuesandresin at gmail.com, or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Carolina Barbecue presents the National Anthem every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back. The Palmetto Cocktail pregame party is this Friday night. Too Much Sylvia will be playing. Barbecue and hors d'oeuvres will be served. Have a cocktail 2, 10, or 12 the night before Clemson and Carolina kickoff at the Rockbridge Club in Forest Acres. If you've got the Chief Sports app downloaded, it's easy. You just... Click it and then click the party button and you can buy your tickets and we'll see you there on Friday night at the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Make sure you do bring some cash with you as there will be a cash bar after those couple of drink tickets run out. If any of you are like me, you'll need cash uh, because two is probably not going to do it on the rivalry weekend. Uh, Can't wait to see you again. Click the party button on the app to attend the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party in Forest Acres on Friday night. Phil, JB, JC, and the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan back on the East Coast after spending time on the left coast calling football for that team they call the 49ers. 
He was sending us photos of him and Debo and Brock Purdy. Let's see who else did you hang out with out there? Uh, I think I saw. I didn't hang photos. out with him, but Javon Kinlaw made a couple of tackles Kinlaw. in that game. He's a yeah. backup now, former first round pick. San Fran. Who else is in San Fran? Did you get to meet any of the cast of Full House? No, <laughs> no, I did see uh, Steph Curry. I went to the Warriors game on Saturday night, and it was like a. I felt like I was back oh, doing an SEC basketball game. Hey, coach. Sorry, yeah. I didn't. Realize, hey, I didn't realize you were in the uh, in in his uh, in his restaurant. Hey, Steve. Good to see you. Shoot, shoot, Mike Morgan was here. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that nice. was uh that was awesome. I'm you not had gonna quite lie. Week, man. Because that was you called the Florida Florida State basketball game too last Friday. Friday night, yeah. So went straight from Gainesville to San Francisco, called 49ers Bucks Sunday, and then on the plane ride back yesterday, and look, I'm everybody's got their own plane uh issues, and I choose Delta not just because I'm in Atlanta, but overall they've been good to me relatively speaking um but there were some issues there were some issues so what 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 should have been a a long trip anyway going from coast coast to coast uh it made it a lot longer you don't give people uh 15 minutes to connect into the Atlanta airport from one concourse to three concourses down that means you got to go down the escalator on the train up two concourses, back up an escalator, and then mine was C-49. So I'm like OJ in the Hertz commercial with my luggage going from the epicenter of that concourse to the very last gate. And that might be, I don't know, a half a mile. And I I technically was four minutes before the flight took off. Now, because I'm in Kentucky now. Uh, I'm with my wife's family for Thanksgiving, and then I've got the Wildcats uh, Friday night against Marshall. Um, and, and so I'm sprinting and I get there four minutes before the flight takes off. And then, yeah, it's, it's story time with uncle Mike. I yeah. got a few for you folks. So <laughs> gather around kids, gather around kids. We got, we got, we're coming in off the top rope with some hot stories here, fresh off the presses. <laughs> so I get there four minutes before the plane is supposed to take off. But by then they lock the gates. That's an FAA rule. That's not a Delta rule. You cannot get on the plane i think it's at least a 10 minute uh gap there so now i'm uh, i got four hours to kill before the next flight so i go in the old uh, sky lounge and and uh, hang out there and uh, get some work done but the part of the moral of this story and we'll we'll get to 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 steve and everything else but part of the moral of the story is as i'm on that cross-country flight uh from san fran to atlanta I had a lot of choices. I had a lot of entertainment choices. You know, you got the TV screen there. I've got podcasts that I listen to that I've downloaded. And I look at the clock and I said, you know what? You know what? I need to I need to check out the burgeoning empire uh, oh. that is the Chief Sports Network and Inside the Gamecocks, which much like the JC5 on JC and Morgan, it really does uh, dictate and set the morale of a great nation. So I went ahead and I tuned in and I was thoroughly entertained. That that knocked off like two hours of my – I didn't get a chance to hear all three. It knocked off about two hours of uh, entertainment entertainment options for me, helped the flight go quicker. I enjoyed the, the give and take. The conversation was very nice, made for a faster ride. So I feel like even though I'm parachuting in here today, I was already a part of this program 
as just a fan yesterday. And I thank you all for entertaining me during that flight. Help, did, help the peanuts did, go down much better. Did my mic sound okay, Mike? Ah, <laughs> uh, JC, JC. You know we go back a ways. You know I, I come from a place of love. <sighs> You've got the right microphone, so you sound better. You okay. sound better. So we this has been an ongoing process, you know, and and we're we're getting JC, who's much more technical savvy than I am, but on the microphone kick, you 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 had to get out of that whatever that little Empire Strikes Back little little globe you had where you like you take the lifesaber and try to stab yeah. it while it's shooting Snow- missiles at you. Snowball, yeah, yeah, the snowball, yeah. You had the snowball, Mike. Uh, and that 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 wasn't good. So now you got a good mic, but you need to get it closer to your mouth and farther away from your keys because when you pound that keyboard, brother, it is. I mean, y- you you've got the loudest keystroke in the history of keyboards. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I used to people used to nobody complained in the office, but but they were like, oh, JC's are typing away. <laughs> You know, yeah. so it's, do, I do. Uh, do you have a, a keyboard a, protector on it, or I'm is that thing just all alone? Is it just all alone? I'm like, I'm like oh, that. Guys, where? Like, like, like the Elton John of keyboard type is hammer away, you know, hammering style of piano. I'd the be, other uh, thing, I, I could work in a like, like place called Crocodile, like Crocodile Rocks, you know, that style of piano. Oh, <laughs> love Crocodile <laughs> Rocks. That's an awesome spot. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't make the it doesn't make music. It just makes noise. So, the so the other thing is, since we're a visual medium and and we we're uh, out there for the people on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter that like to see our smiling faces, uh, you have like this evil angle on your camera. And very often you're looking down, which is telling the audience that wants to love J.C. Sherbert, love the visual of J.C. Sherbert as much as they love the written J.C., the audio <laughs> J.C. You're looking down, almost feels like you're not in, they teach you this in TV. You got to engage those people. So we need you to, to prop that angle at a different angle where it's not like you're just looking down at, something on your desk and they just see the top of your head they want to make eye contact it's like that fine lady at the bar that's been staring you down all night jc back in your single days back in your running days you you got to make eye contact with that girl she's not going to give you her digits if you don't make a little eye contact I, you know i always liked it because it was like you were you were I, watching a, a zoo exhibit right you're just down there and the wild animals are kind of down below you and you know you, you don't want that you you want you want that four inch glass between you and that crazy gorilla that can just fly off the handle at any time <laughs> no way to talk about any exes here um look we've all had our crazy moments in the dating world but but no the mic does sound much better jc uh i i, I could but i did hear some some key pounding i did <sighs> It's, yeah. just, it's just where you're positioning the mic. That's all. If you just move it up, I know you don't have a mic arm or stand. Like what I do <laughs> right now, you folks can't see this at home, but I'm at my wife's uh, house in Kentucky. And so I've got it in like a flower pot. Because if I just put it on the table, I'm going to be looking down like I was talking mm-hmm. about. And you're going to hear every me shuffling papers and all that stuff. Well, I've got, yeah, I've got it. Look at this. This is what up. I have my mic in. I'm letting you I, all behind the scenes. I've got this on a box for Manscaped, actually. Um, <laughs> wow, well, it's TMI. Woo! Hey, I took advantage of the free shipping and uh, all that good stuff. Well, they were they were a sponsor long ago. 
Uh, I took advantage of that. So, uh, yeah, I got a box I hadn't opened yet. Uh, I guess it's some blades or some ointment or something. Ointment. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've got it sitting on top of this box with this tiny-ass stand that, that went to the other mic. And uh, it, it's just, it's difficult. I mean, you know, and I would, I would blame my gut size for this. But my gut's actually comfortably fitting in. It's the table and the position of my monitor on my computer. Because you know, I got that big mic? monitor. I don't it, see it's, it. It's, it's, it's right below. Down? Right up here. Here we go. Right off screen. Here we go. See, there you go. Now, if you, that's a good mic. Okay, you got the you got the sure mic. You're yeah. You're I got the next one. level. We just got to put it up a little bit so the angle of your head is better. The sound of your voice is better without the background noise. Baby steps. We're getting there. It's going to sound awesome. There we go. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing like doing this right in the middle of the show. You know. Right yeah, I'm, I'm sure every all our listeners are loving. All right. This, well, we'll, so. we'll 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 follow up on we'll that. We'll figure later. this out later. Gentlemen, all right, so. how are you? How, how's it going? So yeah, the real oh. quick on the on this. Do you want me to tell the Spurrier story real quick? I'll just oh go for it. Yeah. So I'm in town. We go to his his. For those of you, uh, let's see, Carolina would be at at Florida next year. If you do make a road trip and you go to Gainesville, you got to go to Spurrier's restaurant. Now the room we were in, you see all those helmets behind me, uh, and for the radio audience that can't see it, it's a bunch of helmets uh, relative to where Spurrier coached. There are a ton of Gamecock helmets and memorabilia in the restaurant, just not in this room where they put us. And but you see the Redskin helmet, you see a high school helmet, I believe, and you see an SEC helmet, you see Gator helmets all over, and a Tampa Bay Bandits helmet, which is where he coached in the USFL. There's a ton of Gamecock memorabilia in there as well, and uh, it's a gr- unbelievable restaurant. That is uh, the guy that owns it owned the number one grossing Domino's pizza in the world when he worked there in Gainesville. And part of the secret was he. He had bought the phone number 352-something-something-something or other off a of Baptist church. Why did he want that number? Because the number spelled out free beer. So if you're a college kid and you wanted to know how to order a pizza, you would type in 352-free-beer. That's brilliant. <laughs> so that same guy designed this. If you've ever been to a, a Shula's restaurant, a Shula's Steakhouse, think of a Shula's Steakhouse, but 100 times better. It, it's just, and it is like the biggest spurrier man cave known to mankind um, so he came in with Jerry and we talked for about 20 minutes. I hadn't seen Steve in a while. Uh, he is still, doesn't get around as well as he used to, I guess you could say, but he is, the mind is sharp as a tack. Uh, and we, we talked about Spencer Rattler. We talked about how in the hell did you win 11 games three years in a row in Columbia? And here's the thing about Steve is that he's the ultimate dichotomy in that he's Overly arrogant yet self-deprecating, incredibly confident yet humble at the same time. So when you ask him a question like that, he's well, Mike, we got lucky. We got lucky. Um, now we know he didn't get lucky. He's a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best that ever do it. And when I asked him about Spencer Rattler, he's like, man, he's good. Shoot, he is. He is. Re- he needs some help, but he's really, really good. That's when when Steve says something that of, of that nature about a, a quarterback at any level. That is like I hope that. Spencer has gotten that message. I'm sure he has. That is like gold. Because Steve doesn't just throw out meaningless compliments for giggles. He doesn't do that. Now, he'll tell you <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't real good. Doesn't have the arm. Doesn't do this. Doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, he had more than a few critical words about uh, some things I can't say. Not South Carolina. Um, but anyway, uh, it was – I just sounded like Steve there. But anyway, um, 
But this no, is- it, it was awesome, man. So I had a great filet. I had two sides and a dessert, and I had 20, 25 <laughs> minutes with Steve and Jerry, his wife, who's still a sweetheart. And, she's you know, she's like, she might as well be 35. She's just yeah. terrific. Um, so uh, it was it was a highlight. There's no, I, again, I, I filled in on two of Steve's radio coaches' shows, and we talked about that too. That was back when they had it at Pulliam Ford off a of two notch road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you walked outside, and there were cop cars and hookers. That's where they did the show. Uh, since then, they've moved it to a, a better part of town, <laughs> to say the least. But I'll just. But all I would do during commercial breaks was just pick his brain. Steve, I remember when you were coaching the Bandits as a kid. Gary Anderson was one of my favorite. Po- oh yeah, let me tell you about Gary. Uh, Steve, I remember when what you did at Duke. It'll never be done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I heard funny stories about Steve that I didn't know because my partner on the NFL games is Brian Baldinger, who was an offensive lineman in the NFL for 12 years. Also, he played at Duke when they hired Steve. And I said, what was that like? He goes, Mike, it was crazy because he just got fired from Georgia Tech and he was out of work. And so uh, Duke basically hired him as a walk-on coach. They didn't, ha- they didn't offer him money. He was, he was on the street. And this is why Steve, to this very day, would vote Duke in the top 25. He's got a soft spot in his heart for Duke football because Duke basically saved his career. Uh, Steve didn't know what he was going to do. He got fired at Georgia Tech for, I don't want to say what it was, but it was, I mean, it was somewhat harmless, but back then you just didn't do that as a coach in particular. So he was out on on his rear end, and Duke took a flyer on him, and it didn't take long, as Brian would tell me, to immediately just show, like, the, the guy is a freaking offensive savant and immediately started revolutionizing the way Duke did things offensively. Players were just in awe of, of Steve, even at Duke, before he took the Florida job. Uh, so it was just great. It was like a Steve Spurrier, uh, you know, reality tour. And um, he, I guarantee you he'll be watching. He'll be watching two games, right? I guess they're at the same time. But he still has a very soft spot in his heart for the Gamecocks. In fact, his wife, Jerry, told me, I mean, she still loves Columbia. They would love to open up a Spurrier's in Columbia, South Carolina. That's not off the table. I don't know if he'll actually do it, but at any rate. Somebody, Bill, said no Florida. I did not know that. So you'll have to wait another time to go to Gainesville. Yeah, yeah. Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, all off the schedule next season in football. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Gamecocks don't see any of them next year. But they do see Kentucky. And they'll be going Kentucky's going to be yeah. every Kentucky, year. The Wildcats. They they get Kentucky, Vandy uh, on the road, Oklahoma on the road, Alabama on the road. At home, LSU comes to town. Ole Miss comes to town. Missouri comes to town, and A and M comes to town. Well, thankfully, Jaden Daniels will be gone, but unfortunately, Jackson Dart will be back. So Ole Miss will be a, a headache to stop again next year. Yeah. Well, next. In about no, it's not next week. In about four days, the Clemson Tigers come to town. Mike, we'll hit a quick timeout and get into the Gamecocks with you. We also have the CFP rankings coming out tonight. They're starting to get important now uh, because some things are starting to kind of be finalized and figured out. So we'll talk about a lot about that, and we'll get into some hoops a little bit later on. We'll talk some rivalry stuff, some Turkey Day stuff, and so on and so forth. You'll be here tomorrow as well, so uh, we'll be able to have plenty of conversation with the golden tones of the great mike morgan nobody go anywhere it is power hour presented by the very not handsome 
Brian Spencer with Palmetto Medicare. More on him and more on the Gamecocks when we return. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock, owned and operated.
honestly make an argument that that is the greatest quarterback to ever play at South Carolina. It is crazy uh, the numbers he's put up in two years. Had he played four, every single record that's ever been broken or ever been set wouldn't be broken. They'd be like beyond shattered if you go look at the record books. I mean, it would be nuts. Uh, all those that have set those records that he is chasing down are four-year guys. And um, Spencer Rattler clearly has just been a two-year guy, although that dude in the chat box earlier said that it's time for him to move on so they can put Sellers in there because this is their Jeezy Jackson moment. Sellers will actually look around. and Now, JB, JB, you get on Sherb. Oh, no. He gets he, worked up over somebody in chat row. Well, <laughs> You're getting just, worked up over somebody in chat yeah. row. Oh, I brought it up earlier. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Up. I'm the one that brought it up. Uh, no, I mean, it's probably the, one of the dumbest things I've ever. It was, it was literally the dumbest comment of the year. Like, I mean, I, if somebody's yes. going to win that award, that guy won it. Congratulations. <laughs> keep keep <laughs> in mind, if Spencer's yeah. staring down receivers, any quarterback that stares down receivers is going to throw an abnormal number of interceptions. And Spencer's got seven, but that's not – that's good. I mean, and a lot of them uh, have been like end-of-game situations like Georgia or uh, tip passes or miscommunicate. I mean, it's not like I – mean, is he, throw, he hasn't thrown a pick six, has he, this year? No? No, relatively that, speaking, he's been remarkably efficient. Yeah, that's I mean, what – when oh. you're staring receivers down there, they jump that route and they're gone. I mean, that's usually what happens to guys that have that tendency. Yeah. So Take a I look just, at um, the all-time. I mean, I had a chance to do this a number of times to kind of put things in perspective, and I worked with people like Tom Price and kind of get further uh, perspective on the history of the program. You know, you look at the the history of Gamecock quarterbacking, you know, got one guy who threw 73 interceptions, which was a national record. Uh, you got another guy who threw a ton – back when they didn't even throw the football a lot. Um, and right. then you look at what what Spencer Rattler has done with no offensive line, and he doesn't – Xavier Leggett is a terrific receiver, but there have been teams that certainly were equipped with more weapons than what Spencer has had to work with mm-hmm. overall in his two years as a starter. So he's the most physically gifted receiver that ever has come uh, – excuse me, quarterback that's ever come through there. I don't think that's even much of a debate. Connor Shaw had the best career. I don't think that's a debate. And then you can start talking about guys like Tanny Hill and Jeff Grants and everybody else. But uh, what you've seen here lately is as good as it's gotten in Columbia. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the best we've ever seen. I mean, and and you can really, Mike, he can he can capitalize on that this week by beating the Tigers for the second straight year and getting this team back into a bowl game. They couldn't have gotten into the bowl game without beating that team last week, but. They had to do that last week with defense, and they did it. For the first time all year, South Carolina's defense carried them to a win, and it that's going to have to carry over one more week in the regular season because, you know, you this, this Clemson team, their defense is really good. And as it sits here today, if you give up 30-something points to the Tigers, Mike, I, I think the chances of them winning that game are very bleak. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I don't think Carolina is equipped to win a shootout against this defense, um, which Clemson still does have some some dudes on defense. Uh, you, in order to win this game, and look, Clemson's favored for a reason. 
but it's a, it's still a winnable game in my eyes. You just have to minimize your blemishes, and we know what the blemishes are. They're on the defensive side, and they're on an offensive line, which has vastly improved. Right? We can all agree on that. They've kind of they've kind of figured some things out, and defensively, uh, I think you guys were talking about it yesterday. It looks like they've gotten a little more of a three three five look at times. Yeah, kind of similar to Charlie Strong's successful defenses under Lou Holtz. Uh, when you don't have four dominating dudes on the D-line and you're not getting pressure with four dudes, you might as well go three and let the rest kind of uh, pick up the slack. I think that might be some of the thinking there. But uh, you, you you need to minimize your blemishes, and then you need to have Rattler and Leggett go off. You need to have a running game continue to, to, to make progress because you can't just be one-dimensional against Clemson. I don't think that's a good formula for success on Saturday. <laughs> So, look, they're an underdog for a reason, but it, but I do think it's a winnable game, especially being at home. I think the environment is going to be incredibly electric. Um, can't say enough about the, the fans. I got to say this. Kudos to the administration um, from, from Ray on down. I'm sure there's somebody in the marketing department. The Darude thing, I know some people might joke about that. First of all, I love that kind of music. I know that will come as a surprise to people, but I've always loved house and techno, and, again, I grew up on – rap music and that's just I always like things with a beat so that's my but I realize that's not for everybody you know if you if you left it up to the old guard they'd be playing Carolina girls you remember that catastrophe do you, do you remember how I yeah that, that was that was an absolute embarrassment and and I remember being in the booth when they're playing it and I know the people responsible for choosing that um it, it, people were booing not just the the game when the team was they were booing Carolina girls. It was so awful. Uh, you don't play shag music at a football game. So I remember that. But but you know if the right prominent boosters and prominent people say I want Carolina girls, well then some ads and administration would be like, well whatever he wants, you give it to him. No, this is clearly a younger play, right? And if you go to football and basketball uh, arenas around the SEC, and, and you have to appeal to your younger audience. You can't, you can't just alienate the students and the younger fans because it's what Joe Big Donor wants to play. So I thought one of the coolest things, I'm strolling through my, my Twitter timeline, and somebody posted the, the Darude. I can't remember exactly when they played it in game. They probably played it a hundred times. But he's out there with his DJ, with his turntable or whatever, and he's pumping up the crowd, and they're playing it. And you've got the lights. I thought that was one of the coolest uh, environment type things at Williams Bryce that I've seen. I think it was awesome. So it it might not have um, been for everybody, but I think it was a it was a really good move. So whoever came up with that, uh, kudos to you. Well, well, you have to it, give them, yeah, all their propers, if you will, because here that's that's one of the strongest recruiting tools you've got in South Carolina. It's one of the difference makers that you have in your hand at a place that's not going to, you know, just by name alone bring in top quality talent. Yeah, and and it and what happened this weekend were I mean it number one, anybody that was in the ballpark enjoyed enjoyed that it was it really was neat um you know and and i've seen every game in that stadium since basically 1990 so you know that was one of the neater moments i can remember too mike of course nobody gives a crap unless you win the game uh jc pointed this out earlier you know eighty thousand people didn't run in there to see darude they were going in there to watch the game sure, play sure. football but to your point the the bigger the 
the larger impact on that is what's happened since then. Barstool, ESPN, SEC Network, and other major major entities have picked up this footage, and it has gone all across the country. Yeah. And you literally, based on that footage, could not find a better atmosphere on a Saturday night across college football. You just no. it didn't exist. There was nothing that compared to that. And those are that's what that's why you you just pointed it out. That is why Darude was here. Yes, he was here to entertain. They were hoping it. They were hoping they'd be able to take that and push it out in marketing because you need to push it out in marketing. And they did it brilliantly. You know all too well, Jamie, the, the power of marketing, right? I mean, you've got some of that in your blood. You, you're, you're very meticulous. People that watch the show on the video feed, by the way, very good uh, choice of Montgomery Gentry, My Town. That is one of the country songs that I'm, I'm all about. I love that song. Big prayers to the guy that got killed in the helicopter crash. I uh, can't remember if it's Montgomery or Gentry. It's Montgomery. Montgomery. Thank you. Yeah. Montgomery. Um, but I do. I love that song. But yeah, I mean, all those things like somebody goes, well, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't win you games. No, but you know, everybody now is hiring people with all the money in college athletics to do what they call imaging and marketing and all these things that attract recruits and, and make it a cool spot. And that's where South Carolina has come a long way. Again, to go from Carolina girls playing shag music at a football game to what you have now where you know it's good when everybody is copying it. I mean, I can't go to a football or basketball stadium and, and do a game where at some point I don't hear Darud. I don't hear a sandstorm. Uh, they, they weren't copying shag music, but they did copy that. And I remember my last year doing my last year doing uh, basketball there was 09, and that team beat Kentucky not once but twice. But at home at the Colonial Life Arena before 18,000 fans, when it was obvious that Carolina was going to win the game, Sam Muldrow went off, blocked Patrick Peterson, a future pro, like six times. Devin Downey did Devin Downey things. And during a timeout when Carolina was, was on a roll, they played Sandstorm. And I mean, the, the arena was so damn loud. And I took my headsets off, and I looked around, and honestly, I soaked it in, and I had goosebumps. And that doesn't happen often for me because, honestly, I've been there, done that. Like, I've seen the best of the best, and I've, you kind of become a little bit numb to it. But I thought it was awesome. And that was back in 2009. And here we are in 2023, and it still is – it just works. It just works. So It's got – yeah. It, it's gotten bigger and yeah. bigger, too. I mean, because it, it started yeah. in 2009. I think most people trace its or origins to Ole Miss Thursday night game in 2009 when they beat Houston Nuts' top four team. At the time, biggest uh, – highest-ranked team Carolina had ever beaten at home. Now, that, that Ole Miss team finished 8-4. and four. It was Jevin Sneed and, and that crowd. Uh, but uh, that was when it started. So, you know, uh, it, it uh, yeah, uh, or allegedly that's where they trace it to. But I remember that basketball season because that year, Mike, uh, it was Horn's first year. I went to a lot of those games. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very promising season, a crappy schedule, and losing to Mississippi State in the tournament did them in. But uh, at Ed Downey, it was at, I think, one of your calls, uh, the Florida game. Where they, they yes. got it to yep. Holmes down at the end, the miracle um, play. Yeah, I was, oh, I was, I was, I was. My buddy had courts. I was courtside most of the Frederick. Year courtside. Sam Frederick. Yeah, Frederick. Yeah. Um. So look, it was um, 
it's been something that South Carolina's kind of uh, picked up on, and uh, and and it's worked for them. And and it's a school that, you know, prior to 1983 when they started doing 2001, there, there just wasn't, you know, kind of they always kind of hit the reset button. I mean, everybody thinks the fights and the fight song is "Step to the Rear," the the, the show tune. From, <laughs> by the way, from Auntie Maine, <laughs> what a musical! I, I was a theater major. And, I would never equate that musical to uh, a fight song, but anyway, they got the show tune. And but the original <laughs> fight song is this big, majestic, big tin sounded thing. That thing, it's like a regular fight song. Uh, so, so I think I think around here, the point is, we've reinvented. It's a very new program as far as its traditions go. I mean, you, you think about two thousand one; it's only forty years old. Um, you know, you, sandstorms were 15, 16. Uh, but the more things like that you you have in a program that people love and they have an affinity for, I think the better, uh, the better your, um, I guess the better your your traditions are and, and, and the better your atmosphere is. And, 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 and your brand. You're going to compete. And your brand. Yeah. yeah your uh, branding helps tremendously. Well, look, you know, this is, you have to have forward thinking when you have a conversation about this. You know, it's 2023. In 2043, 2053, if they're still doing this, which I can't imagine at this point in time they wouldn't be, uh, this this is a tradition that's been around for a long time. It's a new tradition right now. But when you look around college football and you, you, you see all these traditions, you know, this school has this tradition and this school has this tradition. That's what makes it all so great, as we all well know. And then you look at your own brand or your own program sometimes and you say well we just don't have a lot of that well this is how that gets started it just takes right. time for it to be the established tradition so in 30 years this is an established tradition that's been around for a long time just i mean just like coming out to 2001 it's not like they've been doing that for a hundred years at south carolina you know i mean joe morrison one day was like i think we should come out to 2001 and then they came out to 2001 right. and now all of a sudden it's a tradition so it, but I, it really is neat. It really I is think neat. for a time, I mean, when I was first really introduced uh, to Gamecock athletics in the late 90s, uh, everybody knows that the fan base is incredible. I mean, you look at that that crowd for Kentucky, you wouldn't know that was a team with a losing record going into that game, right? No, I mean, right. Um, and, and so the reputation of the fan base has always been there. But I, at times I felt like there was an identity crisis. And part of that comes from you, you go from the ACC, then you're an independent, and then you're in the SEC. And it's like, who's your – other than Clemson, who's your rival? You know, there, there, there's been a lot of that. Um, and Mike McGee, for, for all the good that he did, he didn't believe in the little things, okay? He, he was very spendthrift and, and didn't – facilities were really lagging. I mean, I couldn't believe how far they were behind when I kind of just, you know – examined it and then compared it and contrasted well that's history there is an identity the facilities are incredible when i go to columbia now and i look around and i think of how it's improved over the last decade it it's immense it's absolutely immense uh so all those little things the packaging and the branding those don't just happen on that you have to have people that actually give a crap about it uh, and, and I think they've done all the right things there. And now I know how fans, well, yeah, but now we need more wins. I, I get it. Yeah, of course. That's, that's the goal. That's what everybody's trying to do. And that's, that's always been a challenge in a hundred years. I think I read a stat where in 112 or however many years, South Carolina football has finished in the top 28 times. 
And of course, half of those were under Spurrier. It's really hard to do that here. It just is. It just is. But but everybody in power is doing, I mean, they're doing the right things to get to that point. I don't think they're skipping steps. I don't think they're taking shortcuts. I think they're trying to do all the right things in every sport to do it. It just ain't easy. Just ask all the other schools that are firing coaches and everything else and uh, that, that's going on. This is, this is a tough gig, folks, and it's going to be even tougher when Oklahoma and Texas come to town, but it doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand and say, woe is me. You just keep fighting the good fight, and that'll be another good fight on Saturday to try to beat a Clemson program two years in a row. And really, at that point, you think of the trajectory of one versus the other. Well, that's mm-hmm. – yeah, yeah, I brought that up yesterday. I was going to ask you about that. You know, if, if, if Carolina clips them this weekend, they get their second in a row, and you, you look around. I mean, you, you've got to – J.C. brought up a good point yesterday. you got to figure in the offseason for the Tigers there – they're going to probably need to make some changes based on how they construct their roster from a portal standpoint and NIL standpoint and all those type things. I know um, I know Graham Neff was speaking on some of that today, actually, the NIL side at least. But, um, but you know, for if you get the general feel, Mike, if Carolina takes care of business Saturday evening and they finish the year at 500, which will only be one win, off of where Clemson is in a weaker ACC and they beat them for the second year in a row, mm-hmm. you, you get the feeling going into the offseason that I'm – and I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening. Carolina's going here and the Tigers are going down. I know Carolina fans want that. I'm, I'm not saying that. But the outside looking in, there is a little bit of that perception that that could be the case. And then ultimately what happens in the offseason would probably end up dictating much of, of that perception. Yeah, yeah, I. I'm sorry. Go ahead, JC. No, I wasn't gonna say anything. I was agreeing. Go ahead. No, I, I, and I, I would just add that, because um, look, this is not a uh, get out the shovels. Clemson football is about to take a dirt nap. That that's no. not the case. Yeah. Uh, there's I'm they not, still re- they still recruit want well. That. Of course they do, uh, and Clemson wants Carolina to to, well, right. to be exactly. buried as well. Yeah, like that's exactly. the nature. That's that's why it's I'm a rivalry. I'm not going all the way down that road. I'm just saying that's what it could look like if you get them. That's, that's yeah, and the thing is, you know, like Florida State, I don't think is going anywhere, and I hate to see that happen to Jordan Travis. I, that's that was Ooh. a gruesome injury, and it's it's basically basically going to railroad any chance they have of winning a national championship. And they would have been an underdog anyway, but. Um, I hate We're to see that for the kid because he's not a portal kid, by the way. He's been there five years. He's busted yeah. his rear end. He's everything I've heard about him. I only had him once. I did the cheese it bowl last year where they beat Oklahoma. And um, uh, we spoke to him briefly. And couldn't have been a, a better kid. So I hate to see that happen uh, just as a fan of humanity. Um, but Florida State's not going anywhere. Coach Norvell has figured it out. It's one of those volcano programs where once they – figure it out, and they got the right coach, they're going to be good for a while. So Clemson was almost – Clemson did its job. They surpassed FSU, and they became the mighty beast of the ACC, which has been pretty weak. Uh, but now they actually have – there's a new alpha dog in town, in Tallahassee. So that makes Clemson's road to even a 12-team playoff more difficult. Meanwhile, if you're Carolina, if you win this game – and I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, the, rec- the in-state recruiting right now, Advantage Carolina, right? Um, yeah. Now, Clemson has recruited nationally better over the years. But you, you've got a situation where you can really start to feel like that gap is closing. Not, not unlike when Steve 
those first five years, you know, it was not pretty. And they were losing to Clemson more than they were winning. And then all of a sudden, it took a turn. And before you knew it, Carolina was in one spot and Clemson was down below. And then eventually, you know, it's cyclical. Like, this could bounce back and forth 10 more times in our lifetime, right? The supremacy within the state of South Carolina. But it all starts with what you do in that final game of the year. And if you could somehow win two in a row, and if you could beat them with a team that clearly has some issues and deficiencies, as this Gamecock team does, uh, man, I think that would obviously go a, a long way. It would speak we, volumes, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right big time. I, 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 yeah. I, I got to say one thing before we go to break. Look, Saturday night, all you guys, let's be clear what I said. I didn't say anything about Lenore Sellers. You guys are acting like I'm criticizing that guy. I just said it's completely stupid to sit here and talk about how Rattler's not going through his progressions. Uh, you know, and then you use that to boost Lenore's, which I think he would even say you're an idiot for saying. And by the way, Saturday night, uh, 15 years, college football recruiting talent evaluation. So I'll put my track record up against yours any day, <laughs> especially if you don't know enough about quarterbacking to say something that moronic. But I just want to make it clear I'm the biggest Lenore Sellers fan on earth. I agree with you guys. So don't come back here in four years when he's winning the Heisman and say, look, well, we were right and y'all were wrong. I just want to make that clear. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying anything about Sellers. I love the guy. But to sit there and take a shot at Spencer like that, to pull it out of your rectum like that is ridiculous. So just I want to let you guys know that. I can double that because JC's yeah. been telling me about Lenora Sellers since before Pretty. the season started, started and telling me, like, Mike, wait till you see this kid. You're going to love him. But to criticize, I can't imagine what you would criticize with Spencer Rattler right now. Has he made some mistakes? Yeah. He's taken some sacks he shouldn't. He's had some intentional grounding he shouldn't. But, man, oh, man, considering what he's had to deal with and the plays he's made, you couldn't ask for much better. But he doesn't lock in on receivers. I no. Mean, that's I the dumbest thing. Where did I've that even heard. come from? I that came from our chat box, unfortunately. And here's another idiot calling me sensitive. I'm not being sensitive. I'm being truthful. No, I'm all not. about the truth. That's I can't stand lies. I can't stand misinformation. I can't stand lies. And that's exactly what that is if you say something like that about Rattler because you just don't know what the hell you're looking at at all. I'm sorry. When, you, when people respond with sensitive, those are – they don't like being called out, so they have to find a way to turn it back to you. Spencer Rattler has not been perfect this year, but he's not staring. Nobody would ever. Been pretty. Close. You guys don't understand. If he was staring like, down his receivers, might, you wouldn't have guys open. He wouldn't make the throws. He made. if he's staring them down, it's going the other way. And he did. I, I, I am mistaken. He did have a pick six against that one against Tennessee. Or yeah, it was Tennessee. Well, that yeah. stunk. But. Uh, yeah. But that wasn't him staring anybody down. That was just a bad, bad decision. So anyway, uh, I, mean, I think the thing was- about Spencer, it was like, and I was thinking about it yesterday because there, Patrick Mahomes makes a throw where you know, I mean, the boot like Aikman and Buck just go nuts, right? Like, oh my goodness, like what an incredible throw! What you know, it was like this is you know only the elite quarterback can make this throw. I was like, I see that throw. I've seen that throw on Saturday come from a guy's arm at South Carolina. I mean, that's, you know, you can't say that he doesn't have the talent, you know, or that he's deficient in some way, shape, or form when he literally does the exact same things that guys on Sunday in the announcer booths go nuts over. Well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and honestly, and that's not what it's, I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Nightlight. That's not what that's you not said. What you yeah. Said. You didn't you say said, it's good. He's leaving because you're moving on is such a blessing. This is our Gigi Jackson moment. 
which is the, the you throw that situation on there. That's what that's even said. dumber. A Gigi yeah, Jackson the Gigi Jackson moment, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we we know we know G things didn't really work out. Like like Spencer's out there just playing selfish, like and no. I mean, I mean, I yeah, not promote drinking chicken cock on here, but not like two or three handles before one p.m. Like, yeah, yeah. And what's the big difference this year in the offense uh, and last year? Oh, no, he's gonna bring up last year. Did you, have you not again educate yourself <laughs> uh, to the yeah. clown show that was calling plays? Yeah. So come on, well, man. Tune into the you points move, monster when, when that's going to be Iowa and Nebraska this out, weekend. You move the goalpost. That's how you. Work. All right, maybe we give this a watch. little too. Yeah, I'm too sorry. Much too attention. much oxygen. So anyway, go uh, too watch. Much oxygen. Nobody go else watch, is really uh, saying this. So why are we spending? Like nobody. Yeah, everybody yeah, else yeah. that has paid attention yeah. to this Spencer Rattler's career understands. He has been nothing but exceptional considering what he has had to work with. And, yeah, you are going to make some bad decisions when you got a line that doesn't block and your go-to receiver has been out all, all year long in Juice Wells and you don't have much of a running game. I mean, do I need to continue? That's when quarterbacks start doing, getting into some bad habits. And even with all that, I think for the most part he has avoided that. He's avoided bad habits. Amazing. And how many quarterbacks in today's day and age, and now I'm giving oxygen to it, but then I'm, I'm out after this. You guys can continue to battle. <laughs> no, I'll be out. Uh, no more. How many quarterbacks in you're today's cool, day and cool. age? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, then I'm dropping the mic. How many quarterbacks in today's day and age that have, I mean, again, this was a five-star kid and the number one recruit and a Heisman Trophy candidate as a freshman at Oklahoma. That comes to South Carolina, he's got no O-line, he's got limited weapons, they're losing games, and what does he do? Does he sulk? Does he threaten to quit? Does he throw his teammates under the bus? No, he sits there and encourages guy. I promise you this, which is not what Gigi Jackson did, by the way, uh, and I told you tape would be the worst enemy for Gigi, and that's why he went in the second round, he's playing in the G League. And I wish Gigi the best. He's going to be a pro, he's going to be fine, but but that there's a difference between how Gigi handled it, and a Spencer Rattler. It's night and frickin' day. Spencer Rattler has been the consummate pro and teammate during all of this, and he's the reason this team has a chance to go to a bowl game as opposed to be 2-10, and 10, which would have been possible if you had some of the other Ham and Eggers play the quarterback position this year for Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Hey, here we go. So it's a football opinion. Nah, it's, it's a dumb opinion. It's not football. That's not football what you're watching. I'm, I don't know what sport you think you're watching, but that's not. And don't use that. Don't look like you – like, oh, it's just my football opinion. Okay, good. Well, I'd love to uh, – if I, I would I would love to coach against you, evaluate against you. I think I think you'd start crying and quit if you had to go against me with any of this stuff. Uh, so better be. I'm glad you just kind of do this as a hobby and it entertains you. And we do appreciate you listening. I just completely disagree. You're cool. I'm out. You're cool. I'm out. He's <laughs> for for what it's worth. He's attempted 1,281 throws in his career. He has thrown 31 interceptions locking in on receivers has not seemed to be an issue for Spencer Rattler. No. And, and it uh, won't be for sellers either for what I've seen. So you got no, a point kids there. Outstanding. Kids outstanding. Cannot wait to, cannot wait to see him play. By the way, we might probably get a chance to see him play this week. And if they, to your point earlier, JC, I would imagine that they issue another blanket waiver because there will be teams who don't have enough players to play in bowl games. So I hope so. They, I mean, they issue would... another waiver then you'll have to allow red shirts to be able to play in the game. Mike, we were talking about that earlier. We've got one minute till we hit a timeout here, but that last year was that one, just one season blanket waiver. 
you know, to allow red shirts to be able to play without losing it, or mm-hmm. kids uh, to be to be able to allow, allow kids to play without losing a red shirt. Um, more than likely, with the transfer portal where it is, it, you're you're playing bowl games in the middle of the transfer portal. So, I mean, you know, they're probably going to have to look at this and adjust that rule and say you can play in the bowl game because some kids, I mean, there's going to be some teams who don't even have enough players like the Gamecocks almost didn't last year to go play. They have a major issue that they have to address, and that is the the, the schedule, the calendar. Yeah. If, if they want people mm-hmm. to take these bowl games seriously, they're going to have to clean this up. And stop being scared of a lawsuit and stop being scared of being accused of being this or that and the other. They have to do just one thing that's actually coach and program friendly and not just player friendly. Just one. You're getting paid. You got essentially you got free agency. You got all these things right now that are 100% pro player. You got guys making seven figures, six figures all across the board. And even if the kid quits, they're still getting paid. Even if the kid sulks, they're still getting like none of that applies to pro players. Pro players, you the NFL will cut your ass if you don't do what you're supposed to do, and you won't get a paycheck on the way out. Okay, there's very little guaranteed money in the NFL, so you got to do one thing that actually makes sense here, and that is change the calendar and actually uh, give more incentive for kids to, to hang on to the commitment that they made and participate in bowl games. They have to do that if they want any of this to be taken seriously. I agree. I, I would add, too, one of the dumbest things out there is that you can't have a bowl cut an NIL deal with a kid. They call right. it pay to play. That's what these bowls are. That's what exactly. people sponsor. They're, they're big NIL deals, basically, for the whole team. Totally. And so I don't. So instead uh, of giving them a big swag bag uh, with a PlayStation, Xbox, and you know iPods, and a, how about you just cut them a check? But you got to play yeah, to get it. You know. Yeah, you know. So and, and Kendall, I didn't call anybody any names. I don't remember name calling at all. I've God, called the opinion did. stupid, which it is. Yeah. And you, uh, respect you, is you, earned. You, yeah, you can give any opinion you want. So, quick, quick, I mean, yeah, come on, man. I, mean, I know you want to. I know you guys both are a little butt hurt because you think that we were against Lenoris, and and you know you're right about that. I said, but I mean, you haven't listened to me talk very much if you think I don't think Lenoris Sellers is special. I just don't. I just that, that evaluation of Spencer Rattler blew my mind. So I'm I'm sorry if I blew up about it, but that's just me. And uh, my audience and my fans, if I didn't do that for all, they would so they th- they literally write me a letter and say, are you okay? By the way, can I just add, JC, you sounded better in that blow-up because your microphone is perfectly ah. stationed. They got <laughs> eye contact when the rage was coming out. This all actually worked in a very technically efficient I've, way. I've got another box on top of my Manscaped <laughs> box, so I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting somewhere now. Here we go. I love hey, it. Speaking of opinions, is it stuffing or dressing? Don't answer. This is always a big. This is a big hard hitting. See, my fiance has a different opinion than me, so I got to be quiet. This is our show, and it's not hers, so she can go away. (laughs) Wow! Remember, her opinion doesn't matter again. We'll be right back. Down here in the south, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, 
are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. All right, it's a shade after 1 o'clock here on Tuesday, a rainy Tuesday afternoon, unfortunately. November the 21st, we're just a couple of days shy of 
one of the great days of the year, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week to all of you who are watching and listening to our program and to all of your families, wherever you're traveling this holiday season. Uh, please be safe in doing so. Mike Morgan here for the final hour. Mike will also be back tomorrow. We'll be off on Thursday and then be back Friday as we get you ready to rock and roll for Clemson and Carolina. Tonight, the college football playoff rankings uh, will be coming out as well. We're going to get heavy into that here uh, in just a few moments. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing about something. I can't. I remember when Muschamp called Thanksgiving a meal and not a holiday. Yes, I do. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, boy, that was a moment. That yeah. poor guy, man. He couldn't win for losing. He goes and says something like that. <laughs> of course, they go and ask Dabo. The Clemson media, run, they run right to Dabo. Dabo, what do you Oh, it's a holiday. We spend time with our families. And Muschamp's just going, ah. Oh man, I stepped in it this time, and they um, asked Beamer that when he first got here. Beamer's like, "Oh, it's it's a holiday." And poor Muschamp. That was just what 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 are you thinking, dude? Well, <laughs> on that holiday, one of the great side items is stuffing or dressing based on where you're from. Today is National Stuffing Day, for what that's worth. Now, my understanding, and Mike, we'll start with you. You're the guest of honor, the Golden Tones. If it's stuffed, it's stuffing. If it's made outside of the bird, it's dressing. Is that how would yeah, you? I'll take go along that? with that. Okay. I, I'm not a big stuffing guy. Oh, no, What's your not a big favorite side. Item? Uh, typically, like I try to go healthy on the side because I know I'm going to stuff my face and and load up on desserts. I'll go like green beans. Um, Ooh, southern stuff. And if you can put some some bacon bits in there, you know. Really Creep. kind of spruce Bacon it up. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Uh, my only thing on Thanksgiving, and this is a little shout-out to uh, Chris Bacchus and his family. I know they're also fans of the show back in Columbia. I remember one of my first years there, uh, obviously I had no family there, and I had to you know, to work like what we do now. I did a talk show every day, and then I had to be part of the coverage of the, of the football game. And uh, so I wasn't going anywhere, so I was kind of by myself. Uh, and they invited me to their house for for Thanksgiving with the family, and it's the first time I ever had fried turkey. They put it in the deep fryer. Uh, Chris was like a a great cook, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. I'll give it a shot." And from that day on, he spoiled me. I don't. If I could have fried turkey every year, that's the way it would be. I I I frown upon not having it fried, uh, mm. but. But I know I'm probably in the minority there. But once you've had a, a, a deep fried turkey, it's hard to go back. As, as long as it's done right. Well, I'm yeah. turkey. I'm kind of turkey agnostic. I'm not a big turkey fan. I mean, I'll eat it at Thanksgiving and you know the subsequent leftover sandwiches. But uh, okay, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I, I like it either way. Okay. All right. Uh, I've got one more question for both of you here. But Phil, stuffing or, or dressing? Is it stuffing or dressing? Or did well, you agree with my the, diplomatic? Uh, the delineation is, you know, whether it's in the bird or out of the bird, you know, yep. how it's prepared. But I'm a dressing guy all the way. I, I don't want the, okay. I don't want the soggy, you know. All right. <laughs> bacterial Fair. soup that could potentially be coming out of that bird. <laughs> JC, JC, are you, so you've got the, you've got the dilemma of all dilemmas because you, you're living up there in Yankee Land. They call it stuffing. 
Yeah, but you're from. So what do you what do you do? And you've got the Correct. whole tie thing going on here. Yeah, I don't know what they call it. I I, uh, uh, I did learn how how to say go Cox or go Gamecocks and and tie. It's uh, okay. I'll think about it in a second. It's, it's, no, uh, no, it's just good. say it. It's uh, yeah, it's, I don't think about it. Just, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't think about it's like you know, it's Chayo. Chayo means go. Like, Chayo means go. At the end of the tie national anthem, they all like raise their hands and go Chayo. So it's Chayo Lompa. <laughs> go roosters. Go roosters. Or go chickens. We're going by. Chayo Lompa. Yeah. Chayo Lompa. Chayo Lompa. Golly, if you went to Thailand and started yelling that, you might get some interesting responses back. I, would I think there's a pretty active cockfighting uh, ring in Thailand. If, uh, I think it's legal there. So maybe right. they're like, come here, I want to give you this little bar. Wow, you went the, the little Jerry Seinfeld, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no. Uh, it's, so I, I don't know what they call it. I just know they. Uh, her parents love it. I mean, we, I, I guess we did, we did Thanksgiving two years ago. We did Christmas two years ago. Last year I was sick during Christmas, and I think they were out of town Thanksgiving. But we uh, we got a honey-baked ham and took it over there. They're like this, and I, I make this stuff called Russian salad. It's like a gelatin with uh, pecans and a lot of stuff that's terrible for you. There's mayonnaise involved. I mean, it's uh, jello. It's good, though. It's, but we, but it was for my dad's side of the family. My aunt used to bring it. My dad called it that green stuff. He didn't say stuff, but but they loved it. Everybody loved the green stuff. And so I made that. We made southern green beans. We made mashed potatoes. We made mac and cheese. I mean, it was it was off the chain. But I call it, to, to, to answer the question, I call it uh, I call it um, dressing just because that's uh, in it. And in, in our family, we had you know the big casserole dish with the dressing, um, you know, and all that good stuff. All right, here's the next one. This is a very this is another very debatable Thanksgiving uh, practice. Do are you are y'all plate mixers? Do you do you mix it all in there and just eat it, or are Heck you no? You section it off. Oh, you got to section it off. Yeah, Ooh. I don't like one food group touching the other. I really? Get, yeah, for no. me, it's like we're we're back in uh, COVID times, and you you keep your social distancing, social distancing. between social the turkey distancing. and the green beans. Socially beans. distance your Thanksgiving. I social distance my my servings on my Thanksgiving plate. I double mask. Uh, no, absolutely. No. Oh gosh, I pile I, it on, man. By the way, I just keep piling it. Just. Just a quick aside, you would be amazed at how many people are still double masking outside in California, but that's a whole other story that's, altogether. No, we wouldn't. That's a whole other story altogether. No, we wouldn't. I'm not surprised. Um, are we? Are we still on the Thanksgiving? Yeah, I, I got a. I am a. All right, I, I do. I, all right. With on that note, the mixing it all together, like I would throw up if I just like took everything and piled it on top and ate it like a barbecue platter or something like, you know, you do that when they throw the fries on top of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it like that. But I, what I will say is I just do my best. All right. <laughs> so, so, so if it gets mixed, it gets mixed, but I try to separate all of it. I, I, I have certain thing like stuffing, stuffing or dressing, either however you want to call it that mashed potatoes, Turkey, I'll put all that on one fork and let's do it. 
Uh, oh yeah, mashed potatoes mixes with and stuff. But yeah, I mean that's different because the gra- anything gravy goes on. Guys, like if you're good. putting gravy on everything, you could mix yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's, exactly. that's what, but I'm not putting gravy on my broccoli casserole. Which yeah, yeah that's another side I love. My mom makes killer broccoli casserole. Hers is more like souffle. It's not as broccoli e. Broccoli e. Is that a term? Broccoli. Yeah, sure, that works. it is now. More, yeah. it is. <laughs> Jesus, listen. Communication is all about whether or not the audience can understand. We know exactly what you're saying. But like, but I will do like ham and mac and cheese. I'll mix that because I think that's a good mixture. Mm, it's not, yeah. Well, yeah, you're selective. I get it. But I, I'll, just, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't mind. Like, if it all, it all. It all so, has any? Did any of you, uh, Mike? You probably. I know people in this chat box. Chat box have Sweatman's Barbecue in in uh, Utahville, South Carolina. All right, back in the day, when you went through the line, they would give you one plate. Okay, and you you could only go through once. All right, and so and and when I first started going there, it was a, it was almost five dollars a plate. Now it's like seventeen dollars a plate. But so this is where I this is where I you know this is where all this really kind of truly started for me. You had to learn how to place it all on the plate to get as much as you could for the five dollars you were spending. Barbecue, ribs, mm-hmm. rice and hash, mac and cheese, you know, all that stuff, green beans, whatever you're gonna put on there. And so you would get it to where it was, you know, some was gonna be mi- mixing, but like you had to build a mountain. I mean, you only got one plate and it was a styrofoam plate, and it, you know. If you put it in the wrong area, the thing's going to break. So you had to be really – so now when I make my Thanksgiving plates, I've, I've been doing this for tw- for 30 years. Like I'm just used to like, okay, how can I build this mountain to where it all perfectly touches? These are going to mix. These are going to mix. It's 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 really strat- strategical when I'm making my Thanksgiving plate. Doesn't that sound a little weird and bizarre, but it is no, what it is. No, like, you, I don't again, come back for seconds. I just fill that plate up. This the first is time. what makes you, you, Jamie. This is why you're good at what you do. You're very meticulous. You're a perfectionist. I've been accused <laughs> of being the same. And, and that carries over into other facets of life. There's nothing Jesus, wrong man, with that. Just put the freaking green beans on your plate. No, by, that's where the ham goes. No, we social distance. I'm sorry. We, we, there's, yeah. I, so I don't how like, many hmm. do you go through? Do you have a big meal where you have like we'll have seven or eight sides and turkey and ham? Do you put it? Do you have all that? Do you put it all on there? Do you just do half and then come back for the next? Half? I come back. I I'm not afraid to get up and, and go second third plate club, um, okay. which sounds more gluttonous than it actually is because again I don't stack it up high and just mix a bunch of stuff together and make a mountain of of uh, whatever, uh, uh, gumbo, if you will, uh, Thanksgiving gumbo. And and I only eat turkey once a year. I'm with JC. Like I, if you replaced this fine tradition that we have, that is Thanksgiving, from the turkey to, say, barbecue, I would be all in because I'd much rather have barbecue, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I eat turkey once a year. I don't love it. I like it. And if it's fried, I, I now I might love it. Um, and I, so I stack up on Turkey, a couple of sides, come back a little more Turkey, a couple more sides, and then it's dessert time. That's how so I roll. What's your go-to dessert? Anything but pumpkin pie. Oh. I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. Uh, you, you could, you could think of a hundred things I'd rather eat for dessert than pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. I used to, I used to not touch it. It's grown on me though. The kids like it. It's like, I got it. And it's like, all I can think about, oh, there's a pumpkin pie in there. So Perhaps my like my wife, her signature 
item, and it really is signature. I mean, she could sell these, and we we'd be a lot richer than everything else we do. She makes a pumpkin pie cheesecake that is okay. Out of it's you out had of me a cheesecake. World. You had it's, me it, a cheesecake. It's heavily requested every year. We're not allowed to show up unless she has it. We're hosting this year, so naturally, we'll. There's nothing they could do about it, but we're going to graciously make one anyways. Um, it is the best dessert I've ever had. I mean, it's banana pudding. Can't go wrong with banana pudding. No, like that, that's that's oh, more you, of an Easter thing. Oh, the pumpkin pie's got to have all cool whip. So is potato eat. salad and deviled eggs. But uh, they I also have, will eat them at Thanksgiving. Deviled eggs, potato salad, and uh, uh, I would devil mayo. I would go down with deviled eggs if you gave me like. There's only one food you can eat. That would be one of the ones I'd have to choose between. I got in trouble after the Mississippi State game, the the Kimry Pass game in uh, 2000. Wait a we swung by this tailgate. Where's this going with deviled eggs? Now? No, we, we swung by this tailgate, and l- the lady was like, would you like a deviled egg or two? And I was like, sure. And I ate about four, and she literally snatched the Tupperware up oh. and covered it up and threw it in the car. <laughs> like, what yeah. they do to your gut the rest of the day is my question. Oh, I'm used to it. I'm good. It doesn't That's, give me. That'd wind. really be social distancing <laughs> from you if you loaded up on deviled uh, eggs. Deviled, deviled eggs don't give me wind, like maybe no. you'd think. The wind, <laughs> like sour sauerkraut, and anything with cabbage. Yeah, that's disgusting. But uh, I, I had a buddy you know. of mine, Pat, who whenever he had eggs, we knew like Pat, we're keeping distance, brother, because you you can't your stomach can't handle them, and you're you're clearing out the room for crying out loud. We, he he had them. He he ate them religiously, and he had them for lunch one day. And we went to a digital underground concert. That's right, Humpty Hump, Humpty right, Dance. Stop what you doing? Because I'm about to ruin. Uh, the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny. Yeah, I'm making money. See, <laughs> so your world. I hope you're ready for me now. Gather around. Anyway, we go to that, and everybody's like dancing on the dance floor as Humpty's doing his thing. Uh, and by the way, um, while we're giving out RIPs. Uh, the actual guy who played Humpty just passed away. And I just, oh. somebody will, somebody in chat row, you'll have the name for me. I know it. Uh, he was actually really talented, really, really talented. Anyway, so we're out there and my friend Pat, who had eggs, he is letting them rip. And it's the, everybody on the dance floor is looking like a bomb went off. They're clearing their nose. They're getting out. I'm like, Pat, you just cleared out an entire digital underground concert. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I was just waiting it for it to reach the band, and they were going to have to leave the stage. So we all have a friend like that that uh, at times gets a little bit too gassy, and hopefully that won't happen over Thanksgiving. That's the moral. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that selfish lady Ooh. taking those Shock double G. eggs. I was a poor college student at the time. I maybe had $25 to my name. I was starving. You know, because you, you know, no alcohol at the game that, during those times. So you get out, you get that kind of hangover hunger after a ball game. Mm-hmm. And she looked, she, they parked under, that was back when you could park under the stadium. They parked under the stadium. So you know they could afford it. How much is that? Were, were deviled eggs in 2000? Three cents a piece to make, maybe? Maybe. Do want to keep it for herself? Come on, man. As we continue this ADD segment, yes, I'm well aware Tupac was with Shock G. This was before Tupac was Tupac. He was. Uh, part of a digital underground, of course, in recent news, we all know Tupac was murdered by Phil, the mad dog. They finally cracked the case. So, Phil, congratulations uh, on getting uh, your lawyer to allow you to stay on this show until you get locked up. But uh, statute, heard, of uh, statute of limitations. Yeah, statute yeah. of limitations. According right. to the – Gave Phil to, a dirty look. That was all she wrote. 
According to recent conference realignment news, the Tupac is alive and well. Down at uh, Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. Today's version of, of um, Tupac. Just so everybody knows, I love banana pudding. Again, another signature meal of my wife's. But we don't do – we do that for – we hold it and do it for Easter. And we do pumpkin pie cheesecake for – this time of the there year. we go it's okay yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just it's just how we do it like it's it's just how we do it we had we had done we i don't think banana pudding's been on thanksgiving for me for a little while because my mom does the like we were talking about this on gunner show today on 107.5 we you know he always has like a little off-topic plan and so it was like bench one dessert second team for one dessert and what's your starter and my mom's apple pie unbelievable I mean, it's, it's it, the best apple pie I've ever had in my life. Is it? Like and it's American not just because my mom pie? makes it. Like huh? American pie apple pie, or like whatever. Well, it's not that good, Jamie. <laughs> 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 no, 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 uh, no pie in the traditional sense has made me that excited. Uh, that that apple uh, pie is undefeated. Yeah, there's some yes, other it, types of pies I that know. I will get around for. I think as many coaches who have been fired over that apple pie. Yeah, that's right. I think that I, apple Bobby Petrino says hello. Yeah, B- Bobby on line two, hold my beer. Yeah, hey, Hugh Freeze, line three. Hugh, Fre- Hugh Freeze, line three, hold my beer. Uh, but, yeah, he, but something worse than that happened to Hugh Freeze this past weekend, though. I mean, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like the trifecta for him. Like, all right, so he got in trouble for escorts. Uh, then he had to coach from a hospital bed at Liberty. And now he got beat by three touchdowns by Jerry Kill at home. Yeah. So, so I don't think anything else bad is going to happen to you, Freeze. That's that's like three of the worst possible things as a coach that uh, you could have happen. There's a whole article I read it somewhere uh, on the plane ride back about how things went down at Ole Miss and how Houston Nutt, you know, he kind of helped that whole investigation get started, and then Hugh Freeze and. I mean, honestly, if there wasn't the NCAA, I, I think Hugh Freeze would have kept that job. Uh, Ole Miss fans loved Hugh Freeze. And this just in, he ain't the first head football coach to have some extramarital uh, stuff going on. So you, the fan bases overlook that stuff when you're beating Alabama two years in a row. But it was obvious they were about to go on probation. And it's funny, I did a lot of those games when Matt Luke took over, and there were still so many talented players left over from Hugh's recruiting i mean guys like like metcalf and you know i mean all these first round draft pick wide receivers they called them the new world order and they'd catch a touchdown and put the belt on and all that shtick um hugh freeze had it rolling at ole miss and i think he will get it rolling at at uh at auburn but that loss that one's almost unexplainable and yeah i heard you guys mention you know las cruces yesterday that might be the most difficult job in the history of d1 football having been there to do a game they played uh, Nevada when Kaepernick was there on my first ESPN games, and I was like, "Is this really the stadium? Is this? Re- it's it's unreal how they how Jerry Kill gets any players uh, to go there. So kudos to him and and uh, uh, the Aggies on that uh, victory because that is a tough tough job. Like I said, he, he's a Greek tragedy of a coach, man. His one for his health problems and, and and bless his heart. I mean, he is overcome. He is an overcomer. And he took that job. <laughs> uh, I think if he would have gone on from Minnesota, Mike, and would have probably been at a Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio, someplace winning championships. He's that good of a coach. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, 
You've you been on him the, for years. You've you've the, been the kill zone. Praises for a while. The kill yeah, zone. yeah, the kill zone. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trademark that tomorrow. And the you know again the 1100 New Mexico State fans that show up, uh, you can buy the T-shirts uh, on the Chief Sports and, app. And in fairness to to the athletic program, there they are a good basketball school. They're a consistent NCAA tournament team. So they always have been. They yeah, uh, they're good at basketball, but boy, it's, it's a good job. It's a good basketball job. It is a very difficult. Uh, football job um while we're doing add uh radio here a long time ago somebody mentioned trey kelly schooling devin downey yeah that was in the nit at cincinnati when downey was with the bearcats and everybody was hyping up devin trey kelly and the gamecocks rolled up in there and he schooled devin down trey kelly will go down as one of the most underrated gamecock basketball players of all time for my money doesn't get the respect he deserves um he was he was terrific and just came came this close, a hair close of making an NBA roster. Uh, I've kept in touch with Trey, and um, just a, a that dude was on a basically a torn ACL was still out there playing, was still out there playing hard. Didn't have to do it, but he did. Uh, he was a coach's dream. So yeah, Trey Kelly deserves a better place in Gamecock history uh, and folklore because he did a lot of good things for that program and, and won a lot of big games. Just saying. And Hayne Punter, uh, Painter, excuse me, Hayne. And the only reason I'm getting right to Hayne is because he's a, he's a Fab Five champion. And we all know those are a, a different level of, of listener when you're a Fab Five champion. Any other sports besides football, basketball, baseball that I've called? Track and field. My first couple of years at Fox with Carl Lewis's sister, Carol Lewis. Oh. Uh, called the Big 12 Championships in track and field for, I think, three years. And I had a lot to study up and learn. It was one of the most difficult things I ever did. It's an eight-hour day uh, behind the microphone, but I actually learned to love it. I really did. Anyway, that's all. That's all. I'm done. Back to Carolina Clemson. Nice little. So uh, technically, one day, Mike, you could be an Olympic. uh, Bob Costas and get him to put you in the rotation. I I would be glad to do it. I'll take that NBC paycheck, but I don't think I'll be on there. A short list of people. Uh, I, it, it was a football, basketball, baseball is my comfort zone. Like I love that. So when they asked, I, I actually talked to my agent. I said, do you think I should do this? I could embarrass myself. He's like, Mike, you got to do it. You guys, you'll, you'll be fine. Just, just study up. And I mean, I prepared for that. Like I've never prepared for anything in my life because I didn't want to be that person that says the wrong thing, the wrong nomenclature. It'd be like if I was doing a, uh, if you heard announcer doing a football game instead of like. Saying, well, he ran the ball, and he—I don't know—he he just used the wrong advance the ball. Yeah, goal, and the Gamecocks are going and wanting to score a goal here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way to go! They, should they play for four and go for the field goal, or go for the touchdown? What do you think, Bill? It's, it's like like it's only like three ho- for the field goal, Mike. It's like me and hockey. Hockey came back before anything during the pandemic, and I was up here. Blackhawks were in the, uh, the playoffs, and so everybody loves the Blackhawks. It's like a, it's like a. You know, hockey's big in Chicago. So I'm all fired up, you know. I got my Blackhawks jersey on. Yes, I have one. Uh, I'm at the bar, and I'm like, what time's first ice, fellas? <laughs> what time's first ice? <laughs> nice. You ain't uh, around here, boy. Complete idiot, you know. Uh, first ice, yeah, you know. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a bad thing. That's yeah. a that's a very uh, bad. You had some guy call Shane Beamer, Sean Beamer, for three and a half hours. So 
That's, <laughs> that's not good either. That, that, and, and I, I took note of that, Mike, and I think he was on the next week's broadcast too, and he's probably yeah. the worst one out of all was of them. It, right wasn't now. he the same guy that called the uh, Oregon State Beavers the Ducks for three hours? Yep, same guy. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm I stay, that stay out of it, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was alerted to that. that. I was alerted was... to that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we've got time for a break. We got to step aside for a timeout. Yes, that is absolutely correct. We're part of the Chief Sports Network, which of course is served by chicken, uh, chicken cock whiskey and Dixie vodka. If you haven't tried it and you're planning on having Bloody Marys around for your family, or at least to get yourself through your family this holiday make sure you get the dixie pepper vodka wherever you buy your vodka dixie pepper vodka we are so honored to be partnered with them throughout the year here on inside the gamecocks the show don't go anywhere be right back chicken cock originated kentucky like so many other bourbons and so the resurrection of it you know paris kentucky that's the county seat of bourbon county so much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. This is Jacoby Wright from Gamecock Basketball, and you are listening to the show with JB, Phil, and JC. Go Gamecocks.
Welcome back, 131 here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Doco and always, of course, live from the Sinorama Studios. Want to, uh, <clears throat> golly, I cannot, whatever reason, I'm losing my voice. Want to remind all of you, we are almost a Black Friday. And that means we're really into shopping mode. If you have not begun that shopping, Gamecock Traditions has got you taken care of. It's going to be 49 degrees as of now at kickoff on Saturday evening as well. You're going to be in town early. Make sure you slide on over to Gamecock Traditions in in Lexington and get yourself dressed up so you'll be warm throughout. Hopefully a winning evening for Carolina, which will be, of course, their second win in a row over the Tigers, just like now they have over the Kentucky Wildcats after what happened last weekend. Gamecock Traditions, they'll take care of you this holiday season. Anything and everything you need, if it's got the logo, they've got it. GamecockTraditions.com. A reminder, they'll ship it right to your door. Uh, and while we're talking about our great uh, sponsors, of course, the Power Hour presented by Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare, palmetto-medicare.com. Again, it's the enrollment period. You folks have been bombarded by all the national commercials for that. Uh, Martha and other uh, cranky old bags telling you that they should go ahead and call an 800 number. If you're in the state of South Carolina, uh, you probably want a South Carolina person helping you. The guy to do that has been Brian Spencer since 2005. He'll help you through the process. Whether you like it or not, just like so many other things going on in the economy, you know, we don't ask for higher gas prices or higher price of food or simple common things that used to be a decent price a few years ago. That just happens. Well, sometimes they just change your Medicare coverage too. So if you're thinking about you or a loved one, you might want to make sure that you're getting the right plan for you. One phone call can save you a lot of money, 803-960-9484, 803-960-9484. Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare. And also uh, my man Gary Patterson of GaryPatterson.net, State Farm Agent Gary Patterson for all of you in the Midlands. He's been my guy for over 20 years. He worked the Virginia-Virginia uh, Virginia Tech game last week. I'm trying to find out which game he's working this week. It will not be Carolina-Clemson. They typically don't allow people with ties to the state or any school to do that. But he'll be working some big game uh, this weekend. So you can complain about all the calls that you didn't like, and you can get yourself some great insurance rates from Gary Patterson with one simple phone call. And, again, you can find out all his contact information on GaryPatterson.net. Mike, the college football playoff will release their rankings tonight. It is a – These will be important. Um, You've already mentioned one thing, and that was that Jordan Travis is out for the year for Florida State. Now, last week, uh, last week Florida State was fourth. I don't know. Were they fourth last week? Yeah, they were fourth in the college football playoff rankings. Um, What is interesting or what, in your mind, will be important about these rankings that come out this evening? Well, I, there's a big debate now on how you're going to handle Florida State. Are you going to judge them based on their resume, or are you going to judge them based on the fact they're not going to have Jordan Travis the rest of the year? Now, this might all take care of itself if Florida, who's also playing with a backup quarterback, this is the backup quarterback bowl in the swamp. <laughs> it's, it's almost surreal to be saying that but you had two quarterbacks that have actually played quite well for each school obviously Florida State's a better team with more success but I don't know anything about Florida State's backup I can tell you it's not Jordan Travis 
And if they do beat Florida, and now they're twelve and zero, and they somehow pull off a win against Louisville in the ACC championship game, and they're thirteen and zero, all this does become relevant. Like for weeks, I've been saying these polls don't matter. Right now, it starts becoming relevant, and where it does matter. So, what are you going to do with with Oregon and Florida State? Because that to me is going to be uh, pretty fascinating. Oregon still has Washington, of course. I was looking at Jerry Palm's list, and we'll go over this tomorrow on the Love Chevy driver on the SEC. He believes Oregon's going to win the rematch. So he's got Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Florida State 3, and Oregon 4. By the way, he does have uh, nine SEC schools in the bowl parade, and he does not have South Carolina or Florida. So obviously he's predicting they're both going to lose this weekend. Um, But – yeah, I think, Jamie, to answer your question, uh, now all of a sudden these things are are quite entertaining. Now, one through three always works out, right? I mean, Georgia's going to roll up Georgia Tech unless they just completely catnap uh, through the game. And Michigan, if they beat Ohio State, you know, they're going to they're gonna roll in the Big Ten championship game or Ohio State's going to roll in the Big Ten championship game. So somebody from the Big Ten's going to be in the playoff, Somebody from the SEC is going to be in the playoff, but then it becomes a battle of a number of different teams for three, four, five, and and that's where things really get uh, entertaining. So what happens on rivalry weekend, it's either going to make it convenient for the committee or it's it, it could cause the most chaos that we've had in the four-team playoff era. Is there anything that happened last weekend – uh, I mean, aside from the the injury to to Jordan Travis, is there anything that happened last weekend that could shift any of what we saw the top seven or eight to be last week? Like, do you feel like all that will just kind of maintain status quo? Well, like I said, if Florida State loses to Florida, they're they're beyond done. No, um, I mean in the rankings tonight, like when the rankings are unveiled tonight. Oh, oh, uh. Well, we so Georgia's going to stay at one, obviously. Um, Michigan you know, will not pass them. I Michigan mean, are, will no. Michigan will. Would not you flip flop Ohio State, and Michigan, since Michigan struggled against Maryland? I don't know. I I don't. I and again, that'll take care of itself on Saturday in, in the Big House, right? So, it, it, whether or not Michigan flip flops Ohio State with Ohio State or not, I'm not sure it really matters a whole lot. Because the loser of that game is, I think they're going to be behind the. I don't think they're two are getting in from the Big Ten. It's going to be one of those two, and that's it. Um, now, if you really want chaos, have Alabama beat Georgia and Atlanta. Now we're really cooking. Now we're cooking. But in terms of the poll tonight, Jamie, I don't mean to evade your question. I, no. I'm not looking for a whole lot of uh, surprises based on what happened this past weekend. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that there's anything that happened this past weekend that would really change what those will look like this evening. I mean, I. I mean, it's it's really all going to come down to this coming weekend. I think we have of all the championship games. I think there's only four across all leagues that are already set. So a lot of that's actually going to be you know able to unfold Friday and Saturday. You got Oregon, Oregon State playing in the Civil War and things like that. Um, I I I do though like. So Ohio State and Michigan. So Michigan struggled to beat Maryland last week, thirty-one to twenty-four. Was that the final, thirty-one twenty-four? Yeah, it was a man. Maryland kid dropped almost on the. I don't know if it had been a pick six or not. 
I think it was Jay Sean Barham who the Gamecocks recruited. I think he's 49, but uh, that could have really made it much more interesting. But, uh, you know, Michigan got up big, and then they let Maryland come back on. That, that was what they kind of lost focus a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, let's say that game this weekend. I, y'all, y'all anticipate that game to be close, Michigan and Ohio State? I do. I think it's going to uh, be Absolutely. Good I think yeah. it's going to be. First of all, that not to bore you with TV talk, but that is going to draw an insane number. The really, really good games in college football generally are four million and above. The the Dion hype train early on was getting ridiculous numbers, and now nobody cares about Colorado anymore, and they've kind of they're they're irrelevant. Um, but a game like that will have over. You, you mark my words, we'll have over 10 million viewers. Four is a great number. Four. That'll have over 10. It's, it's going to be because the Harbaugh drama pulls in people that ordinarily would care less about Michigan, Ohio State. But all of a sudden now you've got a little extra intrigue and drama. And drama is great for TV. So that, that will draw an insane number. Okay, yeah, a, so. Yeah, no, go ahead, JC. No, it's like it's already one of the most high-profile rivalries in the country. I mean, it, it, it already draws a good number every year. But uh, that game's at noon, right? I mean, so yep. you don't have a lot of competition in the time slot. It's – yeah, I'm with you there, bud. Well, you've, I, got I, a, you've got another scenario here, though, Mike. We hit on this last week where let's say it's a – let's say it's 31-30, something like that, something crazy, 31-30. And uh, I don't know. Pick your loot. Where's this game being played in the big house? Yeah. So, all right. So, Ohio State falls thirty-one to thirty at Michigan, and they're ranked number two. Again, you've got another. Like, are they really not one of the four best teams in the country? I know that they got beat by Michigan, but you know it, who, who's who's going to? We'll have to see what the rest of it looks like. I mean, Washington. You know, if they win out, if Florida State wins out, but they're without Jordan Travis, would a Florida State team without Jordan Travis be better than a one-loss Ohio State team who lost by one point on the road in Michigan. I mean, you've got another scenario here where, like, if you're the second-ranked team and you lose by a point or two in this thing, it's a heartbreak-type game, that you're you're going to have an argument. Now, I'm not saying you're going to win the argument, but I'm saying you're going to have an argument when all this stuff comes down to it here in the next couple of weeks after you get through all these championship games. And, and by the way, Jerry Palm is one of those people projecting Washington's finally going to leapfrog Florida State, not just because of the injury, but because of the schedule. You know, Washington mm-hmm. has four wins over ranked opponents. Florida State does not. Yeah. And so that that's like to me, that's the the only drama in the poll tonight specifically. What does uh, what does okay? Florida State's best win is still LSU, right? Yeah, which looks le- looks less and less because. Mm-hmm. LSU has not been who people like me thought they would be. Right, right. So, you know, if if you've got a – I mean, even Oregon with one loss, if they get in and beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game and Florida State is undefeated, Oregon's sitting here going, well, we, we, we've got a – we have a loss, but, you know, we didn't play that cupcake schedule year long either. We mm-hmm. Pac-12 this year – Where's the Pac-12 ranked in y'all's minds uh, amongst all of the Power Five? Is second it or third? Two? Second yeah. or third by the SEC? Yeah. Is it, it ahead? And, it, and it's and it's more 
like they don't have a Georgia and Bama at the top. They have Oregon and Washington, which are they're good, but probably not at the level of those guys. They don't have an Ohio State, Michigan at the top, but the middle on down to Stanford and Colorado. Colorado's the last place team in the league now, but uh, they're they're all good. I mean, like schools like teams like Arizona and Washington State and Cal, they've been competitive this year. So, yeah, that's the, that's the strength of that league is it's 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 depth. And baseball, we use a term for a deep lineup. Correct. It's long, right? Mm-hmm. The, the big, yeah. the big, the Pac-12 is long. The Big Ten is not long at all. It's two really good teams, one good team, and then I mean, you can call Iowa, Iowa good if you want, <laughs> and then Iowa. And one really good defense. <laughs> yeah, one really good they're defense. Like they're half a team. <laughs> they're half a team, and then the rest of it, quite frankly, is it's pretty sloppy. Like that's. That's uh, for all the for all the bluster of the Big Ten and how much money it brings in and the TV and the pageantry and the attendance and all that's great. All that's great. But they got two really good teams. They got one good team. And then they've got a whole lot of mediocrity to flat out bad in the rest of that league. So the SEC better uh, the pack top to bottom better longer. Uh, and then the ACC is back to that, you know, very top heavy. And then, you know, North Carolina was a disappointment in the ACC. Uh, Miami, some people would say they've been a disappointment in the ACC. Six and six and five, dude. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. all that, oh, for, all, for all that, and, you know, there, there's again a lot of Hurricane fans that have never been to the campus sporting U tattoos on their deltoids that have been disappointed this year. Um, so when I look at that conference, I, I see a, a league that that keeps wanting to get better, and and, and I don't know if Stanford Cal is going to really boost the profile of the ACC, but doggone uh, it, they're trying. They're trying. It's making it worse. I mean, it's it's. I look, know. With all, this is we're we're coming up on the final weekend of college football as we know it. And we'll, of course, get into more of this tomorrow, Michael. You know, we'll have our driver on the SEC. We've got Fab Five and things like that. But it, this is it. This is the final weekend of the regular season of college football as we know it. I don't know if that's sank in for people yet. But the Big Ten next year, what that's going to look like, the Tupac, the it's not the ACC, but it will be with those two from California. Um, the SEC, of course, the changes with Oklahoma and Texas, it's the only thing that even fits in all of this. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be entirely different in the way that things are going right now. Of course, it all changes because the portal's coming up and everything's going to get all out of whack and this, that, and the other. But the way that it's all changing, these major programs that are shifting leagues and things like that, do you is there what is there one like think about the brands? Think about the brands. We talk about the brands all the time, right? So you've got major brands going to to the Big Ten. You got UCLA, you got Southern Cal, you got Washington, you got Oregon. You know they're all they're all going that way. You got Oklahoma, Texas. We all know where the brands are going. What brand is going to take the biggest hit when they change conferences, and what brand is just going to you know stay on the keep the train on the tracks? They they're just they'll fit right in. I think Oregon has a chance to go next level. Uh, in the Big Ten, I, the resources they have, the fan base, the like they have all the things we were talking about in the last hour. They they've got all that in check, and they've got the right coach. And I don't think Dan Landing is leaving. Uh, with all the rumors, there's so many rumors out there that I think are comical. Um, I think Dan is staying put. 
I think Oregon is going to go in the Big Ten, and I think Oregon's going to be a player right away. Just my opinion. Yeah, I, I. What do you think about Southern Cal? <laughs> well, you know the the Lincoln Riley, the whole Lincoln Riley bandwagon. It's people are jumping off that, like you know, people that bought into crypto from that fraudulent dude who's now in prison. Um, I, I, I think when you, I think when you look at Lincoln Riley's rep. I mean, I've done a lot of games at Oklahoma, and you talk to those fans out there, and they're like, see, same old you-know-what. They don't play defense. They absolutely don't play defense. And you can't say he hasn't had enough time. The moment he got there, he was able to get a bunch of players, first of all, that he took from Oklahoma. Then they, they gave him a blank check in the portal and everything else and all these NIL deals, and it's Cal- it's L.A., it's California. And still you have no defense. In year yeah. two. So I, I think there's a lot of people that are wondering, what do we really have here in Lincoln Riley? And oh, by the way, Caleb Williams, you could, you could make an argument, I and mean, he's still going to be uh, a great draft pick. But he hasn't been terrific in big games this year. He was awful in the Notre Dame game. Um, so what, what has Lincoln's expertise done with Caleb Williams in year two? I, I just think his stock has, has plummeted. Somebody just compared Lincoln Rally to the Fire Festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Netflix, that's classic. Ooh, yeah, I, Mike, uh, Mike was the first person that told me about the fire. I think we talked about it on it. JC and Morgan, actually. We did, and, yes. And uh, yes. I was like, I got to throw that in there, the Fire Festival. That's great. Hey, believe it or not, old, J- old JC and Morgan, by the way, I did, I, did, I did pick him as the one that would disappoint out of all those new yeah. coaches. Yeah, uh, I hate to be right, but I'm right. Yeah, no, you are. I mean, on the surface, yeah. it felt like too big to fail because, again, I'll yeah. use my term, the Volcano Program. There's no excuse why Southern Cal, and they hate to be called that, by the way, but uh, well, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a, a juggernaut. And Pete Carroll pushed all the right buttons, and he had it going on. Granted, they were slipping money under the table to people like Reggie Bush's family. But still, they had it going, uh, and and you, you had to think like, okay, it'll work once we get the right guy. And when I tell you they G'd up Lincoln Riley, it's not just the salary. It's the house. It's the memberships. It's the everything. They gave him everything, and it's not clicking. It, it's just not, and, I, and now you're about to go to a conference in the Big Ten with Oregon, with Washington, so you have the, the same power programs that you're struggling with in the pack, and then you're going to add Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. How does that look for Lincoln you Riley? You have to play defense in that league, too. Absolutely. Because I mean, otherwise you're going to run into uh, Iowa, and they're just going to line up and beat your nose in, and that offense is going to look like a, a juggernaut. Because you're soft on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. UCLA, like, I'll tell you who played good defense this year was UCLA. And I said that a few weeks ago. There were reports that they were going to fire Chip Kelly before the yeah. game. It, it, I don't even and know if that's maybe not, not out of the play. woods yet. It's but, not out of the, he's but, not out of the woods yet. But they go in there, and UCLA's played good, solid defense all year long. And they go in there, and, and what happened? They won. They lost to Utah, who plays defense. They lost to Oregon, who plays defense. Uh, Washington is not that great on defense, but they still lost to them. Uh, I mean, you got to, you got to take, and I heard the other day too, 
there's talk out there. Lincoln Riley may just say, heck with this. I'm going to go to the NFL. Yeah, but I don't. Is his stock real good for the NFL right now? They, they hired. They, they love these G, these Wonderkin guys, though. I mean, they hired Cliff Kingsbury, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they did. They did. But you know. but Cliff was lighting it up with quarterbacks in Lubbock. I I don't. I wouldn't say Southern Cal is exactly lit it up. It, it, like I don't. I think his stock has taken a hit on both fronts. Because you're right. He was rumored for a lot of NFL jobs not long ago. I don't know if if that's in play and because of Kingsbury and what a disaster that turned out to be I think NFL teams will be more uh reluctant to just go for the quote unquote offensive genius in college especially the fact that Lincoln's again he's taking a dip here yeah, I think there's yep. one coach being the NFL next year that we talk about a lot and he coaches in Ann Arbor Michigan currently yeah and I, and I think he's going to be he's coming my way he's coming my way folks uh, him and his ten kids can live. Out I here hope in not. Can I just say this? I look. <laughs> I, I think Harbaugh is a bit of a. I don't want to use that word. Uh, like I get why people hate him. I understand it, and, and he he brings a lot of that on. But you know what? I want him to stay around college football. I think he's good for college football. A lot of people hated Spurrier too. I mean, he's an arrogant sob. He's great for college football. I, I like the personalities. I don't want it to become milk toast. The way it is with most NFL coaches, so keep yeah, Jimbo around. If, I say, if he wins the whole thing, which they they still could, okay. Uh, the, I, frankly, we talked about the playoff. I think the top four teams are Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. Period. End of discussion. End of discussion for me. Those won't be the four that get in unless crazy things happen. But that, that to me, say those four again: teams. Georgia, Bama, Michigan. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Two Big okay. Ten, two SEC. Yeah, I think I'd those are the four that. best teams. But uh, I, uh, talent wise, yeah, I, I think the challenge. I think number one, he's disgusted about a lot of things in college football. People are out to get him. Number two, what's the next challenge for him? It's to go back where he played mm-hmm. in the pros for a long and time, make them relevant, and make because he again the 49ers were terrible before he took them to the Super Bowl. You know, and he lost it. But remember, he didn't win the Super. He lost to his brother. So we'll see. To his brother, yeah. yeah. Ch- Chad Rowe is on fire today. By the way, uh, when they're not uh, getting under the skin of you guys with this, a, a couple of insane comments, uh, big slam pajamas. Does that make Caleb Williams jaw rule? <laughs> again, if you've seen the document, there's two of them on yeah. uh, the Fire Festival. It's it's worth a watch. Yeah. Got to hit our final break of the afternoon. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. 
tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season. Final quick segment here on a pretty nasty Tuesday, at least where I'm at. I hope it's not that way for you. And we'll be back tomorrow, of course, at 11 a.m. as we take you right into the Thanksgiving holiday. A couple of quick things here from uh, Coach Beamer. One, to carry on, Joyner is expected to play this weekend. Thankfully, we'll get a chance to see him one last time at williams Price Stadium. That young man deserves it. And uh, excited to see him out there. He, will, of course, will be recognized with the seniors as well. And uh, number two, uh, he basically confirmed what Juice said. Yeah, Juice will be returning next year. And he's not totally ruled out of playing this weekend either. That's a huge get. So that is not, uh, you know, set in stone. Spencer Rattler also today with the media made sure to point out. Still got a year left. That's all he had to say about that. So we'll <laughs> move on from there. Don't see it. Uh, tonight, love to see it, but don't see it. Tonight, uh, in uh, well, surely would make a couple couple other folks uncomfortable. Uh, tonight, elite matchups in college basketball. Seventh ranked Tennessee and Honolulu in the Maui Invitational to take on second ranked Purdue at eight o'clock on ESPN. The Boilermakers are two and a half point favorites. In that ball game, and then immediately following, well, 30 minutes after the ball game, top ranked Kansas and fourth ranked Marquette, also in the Maui Invitational at 10:30 on ESPN. The Jayhawks are four and a half point favorites in that game as well. And another couple of interesting games. One will tip off in 30 minutes. Syracuse is at 11th ranked Gonzaga. Both of them have an early season loss already. And then at four o'clock on the CBS Sports Network, three and one Florida State in Daytona Beach, and the Sunshine Slam will be the home team versus 18th-ranked Colorado. Their four-and-a-half-point favorites are the Buffaloes in that game. So 
while all the hype was around primetime's football program, the basketball program just so happens to be better here in 2020. I just had Florida State getting smoked by Florida, and I will tell you this. Um, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, all three now enjoying the second year of their respective coaches, I think are all going to be vastly improved. Uh, Who looks the best, in your opinion? The Gamecocks are 5-0 and after winning the Arizona you know, tip-off, of course. I've seen the other two up close in person. I haven't seen Carolina other than TV and video footage. Um, so it's tough to answer. I think they all are, are similar in terms of talent level. Uh, and, of course, South Carolina hasn't even played with their full allotment of players. you got a guy that hopefully will be ready soon. That yeah, uh, I know some, yeah, I know some people are saying he's the best of the, of the group. I, I don't know. I'm not prepared to say that yet, but – um, but I've been telling anybody who would listen, if you give Lamont Paris the right combination of players, you're going to see vast improvement. And there were so many people that quite honestly wanted to bury that hire before it even started. There's a lot of Frank Martin um, fans out there that I, I clearly were just going to bash whoever got the job and still resign out there. And you got people saying, we need more billboards. That's the problem. No, you need more wins. And you need you need a coach to actually bring – more success to the program if you want more fans to come out um so i i'm again maybe i am dodging your question because i don't know if i know the answer to that florida was really impressive in that win against florida state now maybe florida state's just not as good as they normally are uh and leonard hamilton's been there 22 years and you just kind of wonder like okay are they are they they had a bad year last year and that was a really bad loss. But the Todd Golden in his second year, another hire that people are like, huh? You got a t- coach out of San Francisco? He can coach. And now he's got players yeah. out of the portal. And he's he got talent over there. So all three of those are going to be improved in a stacked, and I can't stress this enough, stacked SEC. 5-0 and is fantastic for this Carolina team. Um, and, and I think you mentioned, Jamie, yesterday, you should pack the Colonial Life Arena for the Notre Dame game. Uh, support this team. They have a little bit of 2004 magic in my mind, a team that I'm pretty familiar with. Um, but the SEC is going to be – it's going to separate contenders brutal. or pretenders real quick because it's brutal this year. It is a very, very, very difficult week. I love this well, song, by the way. Is this your – Jamie's your call? So Phil went twice with it there. This is Moby. Oh, okay. Did not Moby. know that. Yeah. And it's all in the production, Mikey Mike. All I, in the production. That's why I said you're meticulous. You do a great job. Can't wait to see that Ryan Brewer logo. <laughs> hey, I texted uh, him the other day. He didn't even text me back. Well, he's that's waiting on the logo. Man. He's waiting Brewer. on the logo. Hey, I'll be in. I'll be in at least for an hour tomorrow. I know I don't really take Wednesday off, but uh, just just for you guys. It's too big a week to, to skip out, JC. I'm, I'm, I'm coming in on, on the day off. I'm Carolina yeah. Clemson week. I can't I'm believe you. Yeah, we, we. Why would you be here for Clemson Carolina? Week? We used to go 11 hours back in. We I called it the Carolina ah. Clemson Marathon. We got to tell that story tomorrow. Uh, I'll tell it tomorrow because yeah, it's tell it tomorrow. It's great how it came together and actually made national news. I don't. I think they still do it now in Columbia at a different station, but I don't get royalties for that. But. Uh, it was a lot of fun back in the day. Love Chevrolet will drive us 
all the way around the SEC tomorrow. We will announce our Fab Five winner from last week. We'll make our Fab Five this week. We'll talk plenty about the Gamecocks and the Tigers. It's one of the great rivalries out there. And get Mike's thoughts on that. It's great to have somebody who sees it from 10,000 feet above. And Mike uh, certainly will be able to dive directly into that. Have a terrific Tuesday. Don't forget your chicken cock. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. Talk about the liquor. And we'll see you all tomorrow from the Sinorama Studios at 11 here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs>